0: can't really
1: sing. You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Today on the SBNY Podcast, we're going to be doing something that we've never done before. But if you listened to the episode last week where we interviewed the founder of FantasyAdvantage.com, we're going to take our swing at Daily Fantasy this week. And I got two great guests in. One, you know very well. Phil DeMeo, co-founder of SportsBlogNewYork.com. Phil, what's up, my man? Hey, Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited because though fantasy playoffs are going on, I'm knocked out in one league. And I think when you get knocked out for your fantasy playoffs, it's a good time to do some daily fantasy.
2: It's probably always is a good time to do daily fantasy, but you were you correct. If you were knocked out this week you are sitting home, your players in a, your consolation round, no one likes consolation round. Nobody so likes the toilet bowl. I, I want a piece of advice off the bat. If you're out of the playoffs, you shouldn't pick any players players in your team because they probably didn't do too well this season, right? <laughs> I mean,
1: That's a good point, actually. I didn't even think of that. Uh, and the next guy I'm going to introduce, we're, uh, we're going to call you our
0: Daily Fantasy expert. Are you okay with that title? I mean, I don't know how much of an expert I am, but I'll try to live up to the expectation at least.
1: I think you're, you're going to do a good job. That's Joe Pataglia, In the House, first ever SBNY podcast. Thanks for coming on. Talk some Daily Fantasy. What's
0: going on, man? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to uh, embrace this opportunity, hopefully make us all some money out here this weekend with some good picks, you know?
1: That's what we like to do here. I mean, early on in the year, unfortunately, we actually kind of fell off, Phil. I mean, but me, you, and Uncle Mike, Mike Palmasano, we were coming in every week. I think five, the first five or six weeks of the season making our NFL picks. It was awesome. And then the Yankees hit the playoff run, and everything hit the fan, and we fell off, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, Yankees are the one in my heart. But, yeah, I agree. We kind of fell off the cliff with the playoff picks. But, hey, we are going to do?
1: That's it. That's, that's why we're here now to make up for it with some daily fantasy. So this is week 14. Joe, you're going to be taking us through game-to-game um, basically what type, what players to look out for, what type of pools to enter, all this different stuff about Daily Fantasy. But first, let me remind you, this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple Google Play, and of course on sportsblognewyork.com. Don't forget to hit us on Twitter at sportblognyc. And uh, that's all you need to know about that. So let's talk about this. I want you to basically give a mini breakdown here for somebody who says never played Daily Fantasy. And I think the first step, I know you do this usually after you pick your lineup, maybe not. Can you give a little insight on how you like to pick what pool to enter?
0: So uh, talking especially for people who are playing for the first time or who are inexperienced and especially catering to the person who is – casual with their daily fantasy experience, you know, a person that works their nine to five every week and doesn't have time to research or the person that goes to school commutes every day and doesn't have time to look up all these crazy stats is definitely very important to join pools that have limited entries. Like you'll see on sites like DraftKings, a three max entry or a single entry. I think those are very important for, like I said, casual players who aren't investing as much money or time into, you know, kind of all these crazy stats where you just kind of want the sweat of watching TV and having guys to root for on a Sunday afternoon, as opposed to really trying to make a crazy amount of money. Because what will happen is you'll join these uh, these big intriguing tournaments that have uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line with these big first place prizes, but you're putting in one entry compared to these guys who have 20, 150 entries that have dedicated 50 hours a week, that, that this is the, this is their jobs, their livelihood. So, you know, when you put it in perspective that way, you know, you, you really realize, you know, if I have one marble and you have 99 in a bag and we go in to grab one, you know, who's likely to, to get that one? You know what I mean? So, sure you, you have know, a chance, but yeah, <laughs> in the end, you know, whether it's $5, $20, you're still putting your hard earned money on the line and you want to make it competitive to the field. So, when you're looking online uh, this Saturday night or Friday afternoon, whenever you hear this podcast and you're looking to join something, definitely would look for the low entry. Uh, Single entries, maybe a $3, $5 one, just to get, kind of get your feet wet and, you know, get used to the experience of daily fantasy. Pete,
2: don't you wish you were a professional daily daily fantasy football player?
1: I wish I was a professional crypto kitty miner.
0: Well,
2: Actually. That's a story for a different day. We got <laughs> like a Bitcoin owner on this podcast. That oh, would, do we? Be, oh, I wish. Oh, I thought you said oh, we have
1: uh, one. Yeah. I know a guy.
0: <laughs> I know a couple guys. If we were all uh, Bitcoin orders, I'm not sure we'd be doing this podcast no. after the day they had today.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. I mean, you know what? That that stuff's crazy. But the funny thing, you know, uh, what's it? Haralobus, I don't know how to say his Horolibob. name. Haralabob. Yeah, Haralabob yeah, on Twitter. Great, great dude. He's famous for being an NBA gambler, big-time yeah. NBA gambler. Bill
2: Simmons podcast.
1: Yeah, he was on Bill Simmons. He's been on a bunch of stuff. He... On his Twitter, he's been talking about all day the Crypto Kitties, and I was like, "What the hell is a Crypto Kitty?" So I looked it up, and it's super real. It's a very real thing where you breed digital kittens. It's crazy. I'm not getting into that.
2: There's like, (laughs) for me, uh, we'll we'll leave it at this. I think the next one coming up. Right, there's always competition in any anything, right? Yeah, you gotta look for the next Bitcoin. There's a couple out there right now. Litecoin. Like the one with Ooh. E. I don't I wanna mis- misappropriate it, but yeah the Ethereum
0: e, Ethereum. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah,
1: actually you don't. Know, you know I don't more. know what I'm talking about. I just know words. I just saw words and repeated them. That's I know, it.
2: I know those two were from four to four and seven dollars down to like five hundred and six hundred dollars. Oh so. lord. You don't like that. All right, well, let's get back to making money. Uh the
1: old fashioned way, putting it on sports, even yeah. though daily fantasy is kind of a new thing. Um so Joe, I think that's good advice. Cause you know what, you know what's crazy um to me would turn me off a little bit from daily fantasy when it really blew up. You heard about these like professionals, right? These people who had algorithms who ran thousands of lineups through a, a system or whatever the hell they do, which we actually got a little insight to from FantasyAdvantage.com last week from their founder. That's a that's a different animal. That's a different animal. So I think that's great advice for the single entry, yeah, low entry stuff. There
0: are just so many outlets out there to get this fantasy knowledge, and even like you said, these algorithms that will just project based on you know over under or certain opportunities what a player will have point wise, and people will buy these advantages online, and you know they'll rep- they'll uh, look up to these guys who take the time to research. So it really puts it in perspective when you say that you know there's literally sites out there that just pro- project points for people, and people will just pick their players off of these projected points. Uh, And something you'll hear me talk about on the podcast today is uh, the word you'll hear me calling players, you know, chalky in a sense. Uh, And that has nothing to do with writing on a a chalkboard as a teacher. It has to do with a person that we project to be highly owned because he's in a good, you know, spot and he might have a good price for the sense. But what you also want to think about when you're playing fantasy, you know, most people think when they're making their daily fantasy lineups that you're looking to score the most points. It's not necessarily the case. Uh, what you have to realize is you're in a huge pool against other people, you know, your friends, you know, these other people, like I told you about that research 50 hours a week into this. So if they're all taking a player that yeah, maybe looks like a good person on paper, you know, that guy might get hurt in the first quarter or just have a bad game unusually. And if you don't have that guy, you're now making up a lot of slack because they might have a guy with you know 5, 10 points that you don't have but conversely to that, you know, they put up a nice 20 spot, 25 spot, you know, you're you're in trouble. So, that's a big thing we'll be talking about today is chalky players and, you know, should we be playing them? Should we be not be playing them? So,
1: and I guess a lot of it with the salaries which you're going to get into when we get into certain games, it it comes down to you know, what they perform to worth their salary, right? So so somebody's 20 versus somebody else's 20 can be very different if you paid 9000 versus 7000 for a guy. So that's another thing to take into consideration. Um, Phil, you got something
2: right here? I know Mr. NBA Outsider right here. Yeah. So I do basketball every night, right? And Russell Westbrook's twelve grand tonight. That's a Oof, lot. Crazy. So I just turn my 5X, 6X, like really get five times more than he's worth. But I got to Russell Westbrook and James Harden, Boogie Cousins, there. Yeah, eleven, twelve thousand dollars a night. So if like, I try to compare it to baseball and football, like, will they get their dollar worth?
0: So to bounce off of what Phil said, I'm gonna uh, translate exactly what he represented into your, our NFL terms for this week. So if we're playing on a site like DraftKings, our goal is to score about 150 points because that's going to be a score that wins us some money. And, you know, we're really looking for that 200 score because if we can get that 200 score, now we're cashing in, you know, hopefully a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand dollars, depending on how much you entered on that one team. So if you put it that way, you'll realize that you have a $50,000 cap to purchase all your players and fit in a team. So simple math there. You do that one hundred and fifty divided by that fifty thousand dollar salary. You have pretty much what you're expecting. You need three points on the thousand dollars. So if I'm drafting a guy per se, uh, we'll use let's say maybe an Antonio Brown or high-end Le'Veon Bell type guy. That's going to cost you nine, ten thousand, like we were talking about. We're going to need close to thirty fancy points if we're going to be happy with our production there. Uh, a guy looking at this week uh, that we're going to talk about at a good price is LaShawn McCoy. Uh, LaSean McCoy is a top running back, you know, in the league, and that most people know about is a household name. That not only does he get 20 carries a game, but he also gets that production in the pass game. So at 7,200, you know, that's about a thousand lower than he is on a normal basis. That might be a good place to attack because you know we might be able to expect that 21 points and maybe even more this week, which can lead us to that big score.
2: But then again, you talk about the t- it could be chalky. Right. You have 40%, 50% on LaShawn McCoy, which is good. Does good. You're in that major group, but say when a guy goes off, no one, Moby has him. That's when you really catch him, because you know it's a numbers game at the end of the day.
1: Right. It becomes the low risk versus the high reward versus you know all this different stuff, the fad
2: picks, and, and you Correct.
1: know there's so there's people who become trendy picks, and that's the Correct. thing across all sports with regular gambling right.
2: too. As a synonym, trendy equals chalky.
1: Right. So like chalky means a lot of people might have them. and You know, what I think it's funny too. You know, you and I, right, say we have, say we use fantasyadvantage.com, I talked about this last week, say we, we used uh, the same exact lineup we got out of the whatever system they, they, they spit out lineups, right, we can enter them into different pools, you can win, I can lose. So, like you said, it comes down to what pool you're in, and there's a lot of different aspects. And it's it's a little crazy, but it's fun. It's exciting.
0: And, you know, this is a thing that I actually talked about very often is, you know, how does it relate compared to the buy-in level as to how many points you need to cash? And, you know, there is sometimes a correlation between, you know, how much money it is to buy-in and how many points it's going to take to win you some money in that particular tournament. Uh, So... You know, it is very important. Another thing that we're going to talk about as we get through the games, you know, how Vegas can tell us some things about fantasy production. You know, most people worry about gambling in the sense of uh, spreads and over-unders. But, you know, that will tell us a lot about a game from a fantasy fantasy perspective. What games might have a lot of fantasy points going on, you know, what, what players might not have that opportunity based on the total amount of points expected to be scored. I love Vegas, and I hate Vegas.
1: They know everything, man. They're crazy.
0: And, you know, talking about some uh, people that, you know, this is their job, you know, we're talking about a whole – a whole place on the map, you know, dedicating their time to gambling and making sure that they're making these good lines that, you know, are very close. You know, every once in a while you'll be watching a game that you bet on and you'll just say to yourself, wow, they were spot on in their spread. And, you know, that's important for us because that means that that's probably the best place to look if we were trying to hope or know what's go- what the outcome of the game is going to oh, be.
1: Wait, do you mean almost like imagine you bet the Boston Celtics last night and they're seven and a half point favorites? but thankfully you buy a point and a half and they win by seven, like that type of deal. Like, you know, I really almost got got there because they won by seven on a seven-point spread, but luckily I bought the point. Like Vegas, man, sometimes you look up at those over-unders and those spreads, you're just like, God damn, how'd they do it?
2: Vegas always does. All right, so Joe, which game are we starting off with today?
0: So we're going to start off uh, with the Bears at the Bengals. Currently the Bengals are six-point favorites and the over under set at 38. The big, big news, almost probably the biggest news of the week, is how to take the uh, Joe Mixon news after a really rough game that the Bengals played. Also, heartbreaking loss for them on – on that, that night game, uh, comeback win by the Steelers. Joe Mixon got, I think, knocked out cold on the field for about 10 seconds. and got carted back with a concussion. Uh, he's questionable to play at the time. But coming off a Monday night game, that's going to be pretty hard to pass the concussion protocol by Sunday afternoon, which leads us to one of our chalkier plays of the week in Gio Bernard at 3100 on DraftKings that's, that's cheap
2: that's very that's cheap
0: very cheap. so now we put it into perspective with our you know little three times the salary we need him to get nine fantasy points to be happy with that uh and especially Gio Bernard coming from a guy that can come out of the backfield and catch some passes you know we need a guy who's probably going to get around 20 carries 20 touches to wind up getting you know probably 60 yards three catches I think we can expect that out of 20 touches this week. So wait. Sorry, last
2: game he had 11 points when mixing went out. I don't know what quarter he got in, but he didn't play the whole
0: game mixing. So I believe mixing uh, went out, I believe, middle of the second quarter, I would say. Uh, And, you know, you look at Gio Bernard's stats, he piled up, you know, a bunch of fantasy points. 96 total yards, uh, three targets two receptions, totals 11.6 fantasy points, you know, that's not bad out of a guy with 3,100 because, you know, we talk about the fantasy dollars and and what it's worth. If we're taking a guy at 3,100 or running back, that means we're probably getting an elite running back at the other side or maybe a big wide receiver to kind of match him up with that.
1: So I have a question. And based off what you said about Vegas, right, how Vegas can tell you something, sometimes when I look through spreads, whether it be for basketball or football on a Sunday, sometimes a spread will kind of catch me off guard. Right. And whether it be too low or too high, from my opinion, um, how do you handle situations like that when it comes to a, a player's salary? Like I would have expected Gio Bernard's salary to go up because he's going to get more touches. So how do you figure out the movement of a salary, basically?
0: So it's actually funny that you happen to bring this up uh, the first player we talked about. So. Uh, people that play Daily Fantasy every day like me not saying it's a good thing by any means. You can catch <laughs> on to these things. So uh, what DraftKings has done, you'll notice we're going to do today, we're not going to talk about the Sunday or the Monday night games because DraftKings doesn't include those games on the main slate. So really the last game that we're going to talk about is the 425 game. I believe it's going to be L.A. at uh, the Eagles, which hopefully we're is going to be a good game. But very importantly, what will happen on these primetime slates when they just have the Sunday and Monday night games, the salaries aren't changing on next Sunday. So guys like AJ Green, guys like Gio Bernard, guys like Andy Dalton are severely underpriced because their, they're, you know, their salaries never jumped compared to playing the Steelers as opposed to now playing the Bears this week.
2: But, um, so the Steelers that played, this week included four primetime games in a row. So a month straight, can get no Levy on Bell, no Antonio Brown, no Big Ben on your main slate. It's pretty crazy. So wow. Le'Veon Bell and Brown are probably the two most popular fantasy players. Two most expensive fantasy players. But you, you haven't been able to buy, um, have them in your lineup for the last month because they've all been primetime games. Wow, that is absurd. Sheesh. It's pretty crazy. So when you're talking about the Bengals now, so you're talking
1: about Gio and you say he might be underpriced. You also called him chalky, though. So wait, are you saying... You like him as a player or you don't like him so, as a player? So,
0: you know, there's there's always a term around the fantasy industry, good chalk versus bad chalk. And, you know, at 3100 at this depressed price where we're talking about a guy that even as a backup probably should be more around 4000 Uh, I think the price, honestly, may be too good to pass up. Uh, You especially look at the Bengals being minus six. That means that they're supposed to be a home favorite, which if your team is winning, odds are in the third and fourth quarter, you're running the ball. You're not trying to pass it down the field. You're trying to, uh, you know, rot away the clock and that game, you know, hold on to the ball, don't let the other team get it. And especially in the instance of the Bears, you know, you have a rookie quarterback who are having trouble staying on the field offensively, which could lead to a lot of touches for the Bengals' offense, which in turn leads to a lot of touches for Gio Bernard.
1: Uh, that that sounds like a good thing to me. And uh, he's the type of guy who gets a lot of catches, uh, like on on no matter. Any, any single game. Do you like anybody else in that and game?
0: Yeah, just to touch up on this game, you know, a 38 over-under is in a game you're looking to attack, obviously. You know, obvi- uh, a game like that is projected at 21-17. You know, the Bengals are six-point favorite, so maybe they score a little more than that. Uh, I always like running back, the running backs that you uh, that you roster with the defenses because if your running backs are touching the ball a lot, that means that the other team's trying to pass. And obviously when quarterbacks drop back, you have opportunities for sacks, fumbles, interceptions, touchdowns. So that might be a, a route you're looking to take with the Bengals, DNG, Bernard. Also, real quick, uh, like I said with the salaries, AJ Green is seventy-three hundred, and AJ Green is a top-five receiver, household name. That no matter really who's guarding him, he's always you know ready to burst out. So you can get
2: AJ Green and Bernard for 50-year salary versus the Bears at and, home.
1: And you, and you mentioned the, the what? What do you? Call, I like that little term you use. Something with the D and the the running back.
0: Oh yeah, to run it back, you know, you have correlation plays. That's what they call that. So you yeah. run it back with the running back and the defense, because you know if you're getting more carries. They used some then. little rhyme though before. Uh, I, I don't it, even it, know it It, might. it, back, it yeah. must have been natural, yeah. you know. I uh, guess uh, I'm yeah. just uh, I'm spitting rhymes out here with this new mic. You know, <laughs> I, like it I
1: love it. That's great. All right. Well, no one from the Bears we like. So you like maybe Gio, maybe a little AJ Green. Yeah, I think AJ Green's a guy you okay, always can think of, and then maybe the Bengals. Day a little sleeper pick I mean,
2: there. Um, that um, Monday night, Sunday night game, he had that bomb that was called back from the whole thing. I think it was Gio, but not it anyway. Yeah, it was. That was like a.
0: 12, 13-point 12, play. And it was a phantom call, honestly. It was definitely a tough holding call. And at the time, A.J. Green had 7 for 77 and 2 touchdowns, Ooh. and that negated a 73-yard touchdown. Oh, Lord. So add that up if that actually went through. That's a monster fantasy game incoming.
2: So would you say you hit the late-night late game? Does his price go up? If he scores that touchdown, is he still 7,300?
0: Well, see, because he played on Monday night, regardless of how he performed, his price wouldn't have changed, wow. believe it or not. So that's Interesting. why yeah. at 7,300, this is a guy who should probably be around 8,000, 8,500, which we want to jump on that opportunity. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, you're listening to Joe Battaglia. Phil DeMayo, MP Kennedy. Joe, we called you the expert before the for before the podcast. I mean, I think you're living up to it so far. We're only twenty minutes in, but yeah, good job.
0: To all these plays of about three fantasy points by Sunday afternoon to four <laughs> o'clock. <right? laughs>
1: you're spitting knowledge though for me right now. I love it. Uh, let's keep this thing moving. But just for funsies, you said Bengals minus six and six and a half. Hurry up, quick. Just for funsies. I Oh, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals, too. Bengals by 10. I'm, I'm feeling comfortable there. All right, let's keep it moving. Joe, what do you got for us? So
0: Next game on the, uh, on the slate, we got uh, Detroit Lions at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, funny story, actually, there is no Vegas total out here, or at least a reliable one. And that's because of the injury news regarding Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, Stafford's an elite quarterback, has been carrying the Lions, you know, right around the postseason. Uh, they're still fighting for a wild-card spot, but... On Thanksgiving, he had an ankle injury. Last week, I believe, his hand uh, was hit on a helmet or maybe another player. So he is pretty banged up. And, you know, Vegas isn't willing to release a line. If our, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback is going to be out for the game, that's really going to change things.
2: So when I, when I go to this game, I see Mike Evans, 6,900. That's pretty cheap for Mike Evans. I know he's had a bad season, but Winston's back now. Lions aren't that great. So Evans, 6,900, I like. And who, who who does Winston love? Kevin Bray. I think Kevin Bray's a big play here. Joe, what do you think?
0: You know, I I really like Cameron Brake this league, especially with Winston back at quarterback. You know, you'll look at his game log and people will be uh – will be uh, scared away by seeing how bad he was with Fitzpatrick at the quarterback, but with Winston, he really sees more targets. You know, he had two touchdowns last week in Winston's first game back, you know, and he had a pretty good price. He might be a wor- uh, worth a look if you're trying to save some salary at the tight end position. I definitely don't mind him. On the Mike Evans note, uh, I will say I love Mike, Ellen- Mike Evans as a talent. He will probably be matched up with Darius Slay this week, which isn't the easiest matchup. Uh, and a problem with Mike Evans is always the yards after catch. You know, yes, he had, does have these big plays. He does uh, get his red zone targets, but when you're not consuming these 20 yards after the catch like these other big plays guy, guys are, you're really limiting how many points you can score there. You're basically banking on touchdowns at to that point. Pretty much, you're banking on his targets and touchdowns alone, yep. Not to say that he cannot output 100 yards and two touchdowns. We all know Mike Evans, he's a, even since college, has been a stud. So, not saying he's not a good play. You know, he's a great player. i uh, just not sure if I'm going to go there this week.
2: So, Joe, how about these lines? These lines are kind of streaky right now. That, on the wrong side of the Win loss column, but I know you love Theo Riddick.
0: So, uh, yeah, the Lions have had a uh, last uh, couple uh, tough cu- couple games on the schedule before this. Like I said, with Matt Stafford out, uh, maybe out, it's kind of hard to project things. If he does play, I definitely do like Marvin Jones and uh, Golden Tate on the other side of that. Uh, I think one of those two wide receivers can definitely have a big game against this defense. Uh, Tampa's been in the bottom of the league against uh, wide receivers for a majority of the season, so that might be something to look into. Uh, Along with injury news, you heard my man Phil uh, talk about my love for theoretic, which couldn't be more of the truth. If Amir Abdullah is out this week, which he was limited in practice, we are not sure. He definitely is interesting. Uh, you know, Theo can come out of the backfield, have some uh, some targets. Usually gets about five targets a game when Abdul is off the field. Which, at I think I believe forty five hundred on DraftKings, he could take you know some opportunity of that. But you'll have to monitor the Abdul Abdul news before really rostering him with confidence.
2: So I have one question concerning fantasy uh, in general. I always see these backup quarterbacks listed like a high price and injured players. I always see like I always see um, Isaiah Thomas always like roster like on the on the list. Why are these injured players still there, and why are they so high? Is it the... Prevent automation by high-priced players?
0: It, it, it's just so that people, you know, like you said in Isaiah Thomas, who's been out for so long, even though we're converting over to NBA, you know, you don't, you don't want... Or Aaron Rodgers. W- Aaron Rodgers, right. Let's say that Aaron Rodgers was 1,000 below what he normally is. You don't want uh, half the industry jumping back on him the week that he comes back from injury. So, yeah, maybe he's been putting up zeros, but that's because he was hurt. So they always try to keep their projection, you know, right around where they normally would think is a lot more be. They're usually a little bit less. I feel like almost enticing people to pick them by accident, but obviously... Okay. We want to stay away from them. What I will notice, though, uh, and this is something important to talk about, sometimes people who have the questionable tags next to their names, a lot of people will scroll through that and be hesitant to roster them, even though come Saturday we know they're going to play. So maybe someone that you're unsure if they're going to be high owned or not, you know, that might be a good guy to roster. Guy I'll talk about later on the show. Sterling Shepard is really cheap on DraftKings this week, and with Eli back, that narrative that hopefully where he's expecting to have a good game, you know, he's got the questionable tag next to his name. So although people think he may be popular and high owned, that questionable tech may draw some ownership away, and we may want to take him. That,
2: that might be people outside the New York market who just, you know, not paying attention to the Giants. All oh, right. is questionable. I'm not going to blame him, but we as New Yorkers at your hometown team, they know, yeah, he's going to play this week, and you know, we know Eli likes him a lot.
1: Yeah, usually the hometown bias can hurt you in fantasy, but I think in this situation, it might actually help. Uh, that is pretty interesting. So, well, you got something else? Oh, I, was yeah, I question. Just,
0: just wanted to sum up the game because we did start jumping around. You know, we yeah. are we are uh, sports minds out here, so we're going <laughs> all, covering all aspects of the game.
1: Always have the mind moving.
0: So just to touch up, obviously, if Stafford plays, I don't mind Marvin Jones. You know, I would put Marvin Jones a little bit ahead of Golden Tate this week just for the big playability. You know, we talked about the kind of yards after catch aspect. You know, Marvin Jones does have a deeper target average. You know, Golden Tate's kind of like your Jarvis Landry in a sense. Not that I want to jump off topic again, but, you know, shorter yards per target compared to Marvin Jones could have those big plays. Uh, like Theo, if... If Abdullah is out, don't mind Mike Evans, but definitely prefer Cam and Breit out of the uh, Tampa Bay uh, receiving core. Don't mind Jameis Winston. He's a little expensive uh, with 6000 You know, Detroit defense isn't the worst in the league. You know, they're still a contender, so I'd be a little hesitant to go there, but wouldn't mind that if you told me you were rostering him this week.
1: Jameis has been uh, having a weird year, too. Banged up, bad losses. It's been tough for him.
0: So What's the spread right here? Spread what's to be determined right now. So yeah. we're going to find out when Stafford's healthy, check back. You know, if you see that the, the lines are minus five, minus six, you know, you might want to jump on that uh that lines pass game because, like I said, Tampa Bay's uh pass defense has been pretty poor over the season.
1: And Matt Stafford has that way of uh kind of picking it up when no one expects it. So who knows if he comes out there strutting uh, on Sunday, he's going to maybe put up a game. So, Joe, take us to our next game.
0: So next game is uh Green Bay at the Cleveland Browns. Green Bay is a three-and-a-half favorite. Over-under is set at 40-and-a-half. Uh, Big news surrounding this game is the comeback of Josh Gordon. Uh, had a pretty big game last week, uh, four catches for 85 yards, So 12 targets against a very good Chargers defense. Uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Casey Hayward, was on him for most of the game. Uh, two things to note here. First of all, uh, I know this is somewhat of a narrative, but Casey Hayward openly said after the game that Josh Gordon was one of his toughest wide receiver matchups so far this season. And if you look back at the uh, Chargers game logs, you'll notice that he has played some very, very quality wide receivers. So obviously, even after this you know, year's absence that Josh Gordon took. He looked pretty good in his first game. The Browns were forcing him the ball. You know, their first play on offense was a play-action slant to him, just to make sure they got the ball in his hands. So, 12 targets. He's 5,500 this week. The Packers are amongst the worst teams in the league against wide receivers. Uh, those of you may watch them get shredded up against Pittsburgh that Monday night a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken. So wait, but either can way, I stop you for a hot, hot second before we,
1: before we move off uh, Josh Gordon? So he he from my just like natural reaction here sounds like a guy who becomes chalky. He sounds trendy to me. Yes, uh, is that see, a good trendy you, or, you or you a bad see, trendy? see,
0: now, I, you know, when you have a guy getting 12 targets a game, and this is something to point out about how much they really wanted to get him the ball. Uh, Corey Coleman is another player highly touted out of college that's supposed to be, a, a you know, a good wide receiver, had a good uh, rapport with – the Browns quarterback, which we'll get into in a second, Deshaun Kaiser, Uh, but Corey Coleman had zero catches last week in Josh Gordon's first game back. So that really just goes to show you that I think they think this guy's still a big talent, and if at 5,500, if you told me this guy was going to be 7,000 in two weeks, I wouldn't be – it wouldn't surprise me, so I want to jump on this now if I think that he's going to get those 12 targets again. And like I said, it's not only the player, it's the matchup. You, know, you look at the Green Bay Packers, their, uh, their cornerbacks have, first of all, been injury depleted all season, and you know, time after time, wide receivers are coming out there having good games against them. So if I feel that Josh Gordon is going to get the majority of the targets against a bad defense that is supposed to be losing for the whole game, that means he's going to be throwing more. So odds are that's going to lead me to Josh Gordon this week as a pretty good play at a pretty cheap price
2: he's one of those players that if you don't have you just kick yourself like why didn't i have Josh Gordon at 5500 5,
0: 5500
1: man that's cheap that's really cheap can give me off the top of your head somebody else who's like in that range just to give me something i don't not to put you on the spot there joe no, it's but okay. when i hear 5500 like I, I don't play but i know that's pretty cheap so
0: in that price range you know i did mention a guy like Sterling Shepard that we like a guy I'll get right. into a little bit later there actually is some is some pretty good talent but i mean you look at it a guy guys that i wouldn't take over Josh Gordon you know Sammy Watkins uh, he's a talented guy just doesn't see as many targets as um, a guy like Josh Gordon. and Like we said, you know, how do you get fantasy points? You get receptions. How do you get receptions? You get targets. So you know, these things will correlate together. You know, as good as a guy is, you, know, you want to make sure that they're getting their 8 to 10 targets every game because that is how you get your fantasy production. But like I said, you were asking me, who else is in that price range? We've got guys like Marquise Lee, Nelson Aguilar, T. Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, all these guys are good, but you know I don't think they're projected over ten targets like Josh Gordon is.
1: I guess you have the little bit of the unknown with Josh Gordon too, because this is only his second game in, in so many years these other guys have been consistently kind of up and down this year. If that makes any sense, they're mm-hmm. consistently up and down, but I don't know how else to explain it. They've had good games, but they've had a lot of oh no, for
0: sure. And this is you know one of those aspects we talk about where let's say you don't think that Josh Gordon is going to be you know maybe he doesn't have the stamina coming back maybe his second week he's going to be a little bit, you know, gassed. Well, you know, let's say that Josh Gordon has a bad game, has four catches for 40 yards, only gets eight points. You know, you don't have that guy in your tournaments. You have somebody else, maybe a guy like Doug Baldwin, who we'll talk about, who is going to be really low-owned at a really cheap price because he's playing a good defense. You know, he could see the same amount of targets and easily have a better game than Josh Gordon and that could c- completely sway things this week.
1: Wow. Alright, that's interesting. So, anybody on the Packers you like? I'm uh, assuming there's no one else in the Browns.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not no one else in the <laughs> Browns. Uh, like I said, Corey Coleman, no targets last week. What the about a little Duke Johnson action? I don't mind Duke Johnson. Definitely prefer him over Quad out of the backfield just because of the targets that he will get, especially on a site like DraftKings where you got a full point per reception compared to FanDuel. Duke Johnson probably more interesting on those sites. But like I said, it's we want guys that get touches, carries, receptions, and we can't really project either Crowell or Duchamp to get more. Uh, Corey Coleman, I think, is off after a zero-point outing last week, even though he was doing good before that. David Njoku looks pretty good. Tight end for the Browns. Not going to say he's a, a, a good play this week, but wouldn't mind you know rolling him out there if we think that uh, Kaiser's going to be throwing the ball a lot this week. A On little
1: high-risk action yeah, for Yeah, definitely high-risk,
0: high-reward for jo- uh, Njoku, especially with Josh Gordon. Maybe he's taking some... Uh, some I guess, attention from the defense. Uh, quick on the Green Bay side, they are favorites. Uh, Williams, the running back for Green Bay, has been getting a bunch of touches and a bunch of targets for Green Bay. Uh, Hunley does not look good at quarterback, but is in love. Man crush on Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, so I don't mind Devontae Adams. I will note that Randall Cobb got zero targets last week, so I'm not sure that we want to roster him. Jordy Nelson's been down the whole season. You know, Hasn't been able to turn those you know, touches into fantasy production. Devontae Adams, like I said, uh, awesome play this week, but could see a lot of Devin McCourty. The one good thing on the Browns' defense, so that is something to look out for. Because if he gets locked up on him most of the game, that could hinder how many fancy points he scores.
1: Devonta Adams has been very good. Brett Hundley, I mean, you haven't seen much from him to to have any confidence. I mean, that guy. Not is, not to pick him, but in his nah, receivers, that
0: guy is uh, Jekyll and high, man. He has his great games. Like you look at what he did against Pittsburgh, which is a pretty respectable defense. He yeah. threw for three touchdowns, looked fantastic, and then he comes out last week and just puts up. I mean a mediocre performance at best you know uh the green bay uh running game really carried them uh williams had 110 yards and a touchdown they uh won the game in overtime on a 20-yard touchdown so uh, you know i do like Devontae adams but between the cornerback uh the cornerback maybe facing him and the quarterback throwing to him it's it's gonna be tough to pay that price for him this week
1: all right so what about those green bay running backs what do you you like anyone there so you
0: know with jones back i know a lot of people were, were skeptical to take williams i definitely don't mind him at his price uh you know, it's it's a good matchup. It really is, you know, especially if we think that the Packers are going to be winning the game. The Browns aren't the worst run defense in the league. You know, they, they are respectable when it comes to the run department, but, you know, definitely wouldn't mind if you took him this week, especially if you're going to save money at your two running back positions.
2: I think I
1: have to take the Packers this
0: week.
2: Minus three? Minus three? We like we like Green Bay? Remember before the season started, we said Browns had to win a couple of games? This could be a one of the games they win, but... I'll go, I'll go Green Bay.
1: There's going to be some sort of special uh, inspiration here from the Packers because they know if they win this game, A-Rod, A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers come back and they have a chance.
0: Oh, I, I think this may actually be Humley's last game, not only as a Packer, but I don't know, maybe as Ever. a quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. Unless uh, Aaron Rodgers gets uh, on again. that note, I will obviously have to go with Green Bay. Uh, I'm not taking them. I'm going Cleveland. What? Plus three uh, and you a guys half. are leaving me at home.
1: Fine, give me all the Green Bay stock. Give it to me. Minus three, I'll take it all day. But anyways, we got to keep this thing moving. Joe or Phil, whoever's taking us to the next game, take us.
0: Uh, so I got us with the Indianapolis Colts at Buffalo Bills. Uh, we'll run through this one quick. Uh, so, first of all, again, no over-under in this game because we are unsure of the news regarding Tyrod Taylor. Not sure who's going to start a quarterback this week, but most of you, I'm sure, heard about uh, Peterman, uh, the quarterback that the Bills rolled out there a couple of weeks ago, that things did not go so well at all. I heard all. he uh, threw a pick or two. Uh, yeah, I, I think he completed more passes to the other team than he did to his team. So
2: We call that donation. It's A lot of donations to the uh, <laughs> San Diego Chargers that day.
0: Yeah, so definitely don't want to be taking uh, him this week if, if Tyra Taylor winds up being out. But again, really hard to project what's going to go on with the Bills this week. Like I said, I do like Mich- LeSean McCoy because regardless of who's handing him the ball or throwing him those check down passes, we could see around 20 touches. We get in the end zone, you know, that we could pay off that salary at $7,200. do not really like any of the receivers. I can't really trust them. The one guy maybe would be Charles Clay if Tyra Taylor were to play. Uh, on the other side of those things, the Colts do not look good. You know, I'm not gonna say that both of these, any of the either of these defenses are respectable in a sense, but you know the Colts' offense just hasn't looked good enough for me to target any guys. Uh, I'll run it back with maybe Jack Doyle if you're looking for a tight end that could get some targets. All right.
2: I was gonna say if you want some cheap players, uh, Jacoby Brissett. I, I want Jacoby Brissett one week. Jacoby B.
0: Prescott. He, he could,
2: you know, he could put the ball in the end zone. Uh, Jack Doyle, like, if uh, Tyrod Taylor plays. Give me Kelvin Benjamin at 4,600. The guy has the guy some talking. He's gonna play for the first time. Wow, that's
1: cheap. That's cheap too. We we were mentioning Josh Gordon before. What 56 or 55? Uh, uh, that's cheap and 4,600. Uh, maybe the name is what makes 4600 seem like a good price, but uh, he hasn't been performing, I mean, so it's tough. I mean,
0: he hasn't, like you said, hasn't been performing, but I mean, you traded for the guy for a reason, right? right. So if he's going to be on the field, we're going to try to get the guy some targets. Uh, to go back to the Brissette thing, and something i forgot to touch on on, the Sean Kaiser, uh, two good prices there, especially the Sean Kaiser, I think it's 4700 on DraftKings. Uh, always good to take quarterbacks that have the rushing upside. You know, you get six points of a rushing touchdown as a quarterback instead of four for the passing touchdown. So guys like Cam Newton, you know, guys like Kaiser that do run a lot, you know, those guys have a higher ceilings can possibly score more points just because of that rushing upside compared to the passing points
1: and that that low key you know 30 40 yards rushing too is three or four points that and you know think about that you, you know
0: you know your quarterback runs for you know 30 yards like you said that's equivalent of 75 yards passing right
1: that's that's legit so that is legit go. um that's interesting so i guess there's not a lot of players there the colts, colts uh, it, game, it's a
0: tough game you know i, I I just can't see myself anybody You said there's wrestling. no over-under. Is there a spread there? Uh, no, no spread there. The only two guys that I would take, and again, we'll probably find out the spread after the tie-rod news. I'd have to assume that the Bills would be favored by about three points, maybe over-under around 40. You know, all these over-unders this week are pretty low aside from two or three games. Uh, I would say LeSean McCoy, definitely good at his price, 7,200. I think it's 1,000 too low. Uh, don't mind the Bills' defense at home, but, you know, I wouldn't look anywhere else other than that.
2: Right now, we got Buffalo minus four. Buffalo
1: minus four. Interesting. Um, that's good. I mean, Buffalo at home, it's probably going to be a cold one. It might be some crappy weather, something to keep that's, an eye on. A lot true. Of, a lot of run plays in the bad weather. You know, Tyrod so. or Peterman, I don't care who they are. They ain't throwing the ball all over the place nope, in, in some crappy no weather.
0: And they ain't going down the field either, so hopefully some checkdowns from McCoy got those quick points on those receptions.
1: Hell yeah. So it seems like like McCoy. Hopefully, you guys are writing this thing down because this is a Sports Blog New York podcast. It's our first time ever – doing a little daily fantasy breakdown for week 14 of the NFL season. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. We're only halfway done right now. But if you like what you've been hearing, you have any ideas, have anything you want to add, hit us up on Twitter at SportBlogNYC. And, of course, if you like this podcast, don't forget, subscribe, rate, review. It means a ton to us. We love doing this. Hopefully you like listening to it. So today we got Phil DeMayo, Joe Battaglia in the house, and JB. Take us us to our next game.
0: All right, next game, we got Vikings at Panthers. Minnesota currently sitting at a a two-and-a-half favorite over under 41. Uh, Big uh, playoff implications in this game. You know, Vikings are on a roll. Panthers have been playing pretty well. Uh, Took one to the Saints last week, but other than that, you know, they're still fighting for playoff contention. Uh, injury news this week. Did notice that uh, Greg Olson questionable with that foot injury re aggravated it. So it's going to be tough to rely on him, especially against the good Vikings defense. Same goes for Jonathan Stewart. Noticed that he was limited in practice this week. Uh, I think he probably will play, but if he is unable to go, man, Christian McCaffrey might be looking good out of the backfield, especially since I mean I really don't project them to be able to run on the Vikings too much, which is going to mean a lot of targets coming out of the backfield. Uh, the good thing about the Panthers, you know where the ball is going to go. It's going to go to Funches if Olson's on the field, maybe him, or it's going to McCaffrey, or Cam's running it, honestly.
1: Right. I mean, McCaffrey's been just living off these checkdowns all year, and there's no reason for it to stop, especially with the defensive pressure you can get from Minnesota. It sounds like he might have, you know, Maybe eight catches for 50 yards. Well, De- he's going to have eight catches. Definitely going to have
0: a bunch of targets. And I mean, you look at a guy like McCaffrey, man, he can get like 60 yards and you look, he has 13 fantasy points. You're like, what? How does that translate? You see, he has seven catches and I'm averaging six yards per catch, but you don't care. Those points add up, you know, if you keep getting those targets and catches. I will note on Devin Funches, although he does see a lot of volume from uh, from Cam Newton, he will be against one of the better quarterbacks in the league, in Xavier Rhodes. So I would stray away from him this week on the Viking side of the ball. Definitely don't trust the running backs there. If I had to choose one, and I go with McKidd McKinnon, like because of that, you know, catch upside as opposed to Latavius Murray. Uh, respect the Panthers, you know, run game and defense in general, pretty much. So I think the only place I'd be taking a shot on is maybe Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen. Uh, the Panthers have been susceptible to the pass. You know, Michael Thomas has had decent games against them the two times he's played them. Uh, so th- those are decent. Um, Water receivers. I remember Alshon Jeffrey had a pretty good game against them. So I do think that those, one of those wide receivers, both are talented, can have some success this week.
1: Out of curiosity, uh, what's the price difference on Thielen versus Diggs?
0: Uh, so Diggs is definitely cheaper. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to have to get right? you the exact prices. He let down a bunch of people in the fantasy industry. Oh, the man, other day.
1: yeah. I mean, the- and Thielen has has saved people. I mean, for me, I've had Thielen in one of my teams, and he's like a top 20, top 15 fantasy receiver.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you definitely wouldn't expect expected that coming in, man. You talk about uh, those of you uh, listening who have keeper leagues, man. That's a keeper right there for you. 7,200. Think about that at the beginning of the season. So, Thielen is priced over uh guys most people most guys in the league i told you aj green before 7300 so think about that aj green is only a hundred dollars more than adam thielen i mean uh, Th- comp-
1: thielen's been a legitimate model oh, of consistency
0: and you know him talk about man crush you know him and uh the quarterback keenum you know they love each other uh stefan diggs priced all the way down at 5800 so definitely don't mind that price a uh, very talented athlete out of college could see him getting in the end zone perhaps, but like I said, wouldn't mind taking a shot on one of these guys. I will note that Thielen does play in the slot a little more than those other t- uh, than, than Diggs does, and that could lead to some more opportunities against you know the slot cornerbacks instead of outside against Bradbury and those other guys.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking in at uh, our fantasyadvantage.com. Not ours, but you know the one that we interviewed the founder of last week on the Sports Blog New York podcast. I'm looking at that right now. They have the player rankings for uh, each position, obviously, and they have him at sixth in the wide receiver rankings,
0: Adam Thielen. There you go. You know, I mean, definitely not yeah. not on that spot this week. You know, uh, over-under set at 41. There's really not a lot of high-scoring games predicted this week. We're going to get into one after this. That's going to be one of the chalkier-owned games just because of the over-under. But, you know, the touchdown's got to come from somewhere. So, if Keenum's going to be relying on Thielen, you know, might as well roster him. 7,200, not a bad price.
1: I like that. So, uh, Minnesota's minus 2.5 on the road right now for funsies. Who do you guys like?
0: Uh, you know, I am not a big fan of Cam Newton. So, just based on that, maybe a little bias, I'm going with the Vikings. They've been hot minus 2.5.
2: Minnesota.
1: Yeah, cold like Minnesota. Cold like that's soda. I'll go with Minnesota too. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't touch that game. That game is a little too close for comfort for my liking.
0: But it's interesting. All right, so JB, take us to our next game. So next game, I had to mention that this was a higher scoring game on the uh, slate. We got the Oakland Raiders at Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, no, really news and notes in this game. I would monitor Amari Cooper. Uh, this week he cleared concussion protocol, but still having lingering ankle issues. So double double check on that. If he's unable to go, got Crabtree coming back off suspension with that fight with Akeem Talib. You know, I I don't know what to say about that. I mean, they didn't even wait. You know. Literally just grabbed the chain, started throwing the haymakers at each other. So he was suspended a game. Uh, he should be back. I do like him. Uh, news, actually, Marcus Peters, I think, will be out this game. I don't know if Correct. you guys noticed him. Uh, suspended by his own team. Grabbing the flag, throwing it. I was at the, the game, stands. actually. It was hilarious, wow. man. And the and crowd had, went wild. If, if I believe, he was a- laughing in Andy Reid's face, basically, right?
2: Shout out to Andy Reid for doing that. Like, well, Ben McAdoo, RIP, ever do it at Odell Beckham? Will I mean, anybody ever do to Odell Ben
1: Beckham? McAdoo did it to Janoris Jenkins, I guess, right? Like, I don't know. Who I don't, cares? I don't want to talk about I don't, I don't, I don't even
0: want to mention this guy's name through this microphone. <laughs> that's so we're, that's we're, what we're, I'm saying. We're going to keep going. Uh, one thing to definitely note. Uh, first of all, Darrell Rivas will be playing cornerback for the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> think yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm thinking. So if Crabtree's lined up against him, man, he could be in for a big game. You know, he has a tough price this week. I believe he's 6700 which he's priced up in the Thielen slash, you know, A.J. Green range. But, you know, if he's 6700 and people aren't going to take him because of that price, you know, that's a less – chalkier guy as we would say you know maybe a guy that you'll get a low ownership that definitely has the potential to get in the end zone a couple times one thing I will note about Crabtree though has not topped 100 yards this season
1: yeah he's been a little touchdown reliant but something that's really good about Crabtree I actually have him in both of my fantasy leagues he he gets catches every week and he's a red zone target so he is pretty consistent actually last week when he got ejected was the first game I believe of his career he didn't have one catch.
0: Uh, I, that was his first catchless game wow. of his career. Man, that's pretty crazy, you know, and to ruin it on a thing like that. Oh, man. Now what a s- of course, I had him on my fantasy teams that day, so yeah. I was a little pissed that Same. I got a big fat goose egg out of him. But what are you going to do?
1: I, I doubled down this year just for a quick side, note. I actually have a personal question about this game as well. But quick, quickly, I had Odell and Crabtree in both of my leagues, which I felt great okay. about, man. I felt great about. Luckily, Crabtree's been pretty good. Odell obviously hurt. Yeah. But another guy I have. Very important in this game that we're talking about, Kareem Hunt. Is, is is his pri- what's his price like uh, I'm very curious yeah, what his price is. He like has dropped right now.
0: dramatically. He was in the eight thousand range. I want to say that he's down to sixty seven hundred. Let me confirm that for so you wait, real quick. D-
1: did he fall from well did he go from a guy who, you know, is gonna be played across the league to now might be just like this, this guy was pick? scoring
0: he, a he touchdown be- every time he touched the ball the first couple weeks. And now I mean between him just kind of falling off yards per carry wise, Andy Reid, you know, just calling these weird plays on offense, he's almost just fizzled out. He used to get twenty 20 touches a game. Now he's down, you know, underneath the 15 range. Uh, we, there was a game a couple weeks ago against the Bills where he was very highly owned because the Bills were just getting mobbed uh, by the run game after they traded Marcel Darius, and he got 10 carries. Wow. You know, think about that. A top running back in the league, and your starting head coach is given that guy 10 carries. Uh,
2: I, don't, I know you're new to this, Pete, but he's like the talk of the LA fantasy community like three weeks now because, it's like, where has this guy gone? He's like an anomaly. About I'm two sure. weeks ago when they played Buffalo, like, this is the game. Buffalo get like, 140 yards rushing the game the last four games, like, this is it, and wasn't there from him. The Jets wasn't there from him. Like we don't know where,
0: I don't know where he's going. So wait, uh, this, this is, is
1: my it? question though: Is he a sleeper now? Like, has he become a sleeper, this or is, is
2: he just a non-factor? He's, he's more of a risk
0: than a sleeper, I would
1: say. Okay, I,
0: I would have to agree with Phil on this one. You know, I, I was never on you know team Kareem Hunt from the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, straight away from drafting him, whether it was a good or a bad thing since the beginning. Uh, so I'm not looking to jump back on now, especially after a couple of bad games. Uh, so wait, we'll so are you
1: telling me that I should sit him in my playoffs oh, this week? I don't
0: know if you could sit him in your play. If you have a good bench player, then maybe. I have, but, you I have know. a two-flex league, so I kind of need, I, I need to fill up the spots. Uh, and a deep league like that, you know, like we said. I have fantasy, a hard time benching him. He's been so good. points come from touches, so, you know, he does have that guaranteed 12 to 15 touches, upwards of 20, you know, if he has the right game script. Maybe KC is winning by two touchdowns for a majority of this game, then hopefully he should get more carries. One thing I will note on the KC side, we already talked about the Raiders' side, uh, two guys that I want to mention. Uh, more importantly, Tyreek Hill has been destroying the Raiders' secondary uh, for the past couple seasons. He's at home. He is better on turf usually, but you know, Andy Reid's going to get this guy the ball. Uh, one thing about... You know, Tyreek Hill in particular, his floor, so how many points he's scoring per week, is much higher than it was last year. You know, last, couple, last year he had games. We had three fantasy points. You know, I'm looking over the last couple of games. Last four, all over 12 fantasy points, getting at least, you know, a couple catches per game, which is pretty huge. You know, I'm hoping he gets a big play, 7,100. You know, that's a tough price to pay for a guy that's not getting those, you know, 10 targets per game normally. But last two games, nine targets, 11 targets. So against the bad, you know, Oakland secondary, I definitely love that play.
2: They're in a must-win right now. So I think they're going to get their playmaker as a bowl, which I like. I like Travis Kelsey. I always like him. How do you feel about like Travis this week?
0: I, you know, definitely love Travis Kelsey. You know, he gets a bunch of targets, one of the top tight ends in the league. Uh, Oakland secondary isn't anything to, to ride home about. And like Phil said, you know, this is a huge, huge matchup in that uh in that division. you division. got two teams fighting it out for uh for first place, you know, and fighting it out for the wild card, too, in, in the AFC.
2: Uh, producer Mikey over there said that Alex Smith's the number one rated quarterback to speak
0: in fantasy. So we were saying he'll have a big game have a big game. Alex Smith. He's gonna have a big game. You know, and that and that goes with the correlation plays. So the thing with Alex Smith is he's not a guy that's gonna be launching the ball down the field. So if he's getting, well, you, you wait, know, uh,
1: you watched that game. Oh the Jets well, last week? I
0: mean, you, what what was the ending part of that sentence? Uh, the against game, the against the Jets. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. So even as a Jets fan, man, you know, <laughs> when Tyreek Hill gets space. You know, it doesn't matter what defense you know he's playing it's against. Torched. Odds are, yeah. So I know he might be a little higher owned based on that big game last week. People might see that 30-burger that he has in the, in the scorecard and say, well, I want to play him again this week. So, I mean, if I were to not play a guy that I thought was a top play of the week, I think it would be him just because he could only have five catches for 50 yards, and at 7,000, that's going to hurt your team a little bit. Uh, but like I said, he catches that 70-yard touchdown. You're going to be behind on everybody else. So definitely a good play, uh, good history against that team. So I definitely will be trying to get him on my lineups this week for sure.
1: Oh, wow. All right. That's interesting. I, I, I like that. That's a good That's a good
0: game right there. That's a game that's going to have a lot of action. What's the spread in over-under in that? Uh, so we got minus four for Casey, over-under 47. And like I said, that's the second highest over-under on the slate behind the Rams – uh, Eagle games, which like I said, is the ending game of the week. What we call the late night hammer, uh, the last game of the night.
2: Oh, so before the season, um, Pete loved or hated the Chiefs. Loved.
0: I hated the Raiders.
2: So minus four here. I'll I'll pound the Chiefs. Pounding the Chiefs yeah. this week.
1: I uh I have been waiting. I, I bet the Chiefs. I was at the game. Chiefs versus Jets this week. I bet the Chiefs, and I thought they were gonna win. Obviously, I, I was at my seat. Just got there. Fourteen nothing. I'm like, yes, I'm in there. <laughs> and then of course the Jets come back and win. But I I, I have to bet the Chiefs because they're. They're not. I can't imagine them sliding for this long. Like I, they've been bad, but they have to figure it out, I, right?
0: The defense really worries me. And I mean, they used to have a, a, at least a, a middle of the pack defense. It hasn't looked good, but you know, at Arrowhead, I gotta side with you guys. I just don't think the Raiders are that that quality of a team, uh, especially wait, Derek wait, Carr re- on the remember road.
1: Remember when the Raiders were like the trendy Super Bowl oh. pick?
2: I told you before, they made no improvements to their team. got Marshawn Lynch. That was the only player they got.
1: And they lost to Tavis
0: Murray, so it's not even like a big and thing. And the best part is, I mean, you, you you sign a guy like Marshawn Lynch to do what? To, to run the rock, correct? Especially against a big offensive line. And they got Derek Carr dropping back 35 times a game, so... Uh I don't expect them to run a lot with Marshawn Lynch this week, but at the same time, I, I think I'm looking to avoid most of the Raiders' players this week, maybe outside from Crabtree, like we talked about, just because of how many targets and you know how many receptions he usually does get.
2: Marshawn had that one big run against the Giants this week. Now there's nothing after that, I believe.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think he did wind up with about 20 fantasy points, but like we talk about it, that's 11 fantasy points on one run. So you know, literally half First his fantasy points. Sure. Uh, I think yeah. it was a fourth down play, but yeah, it was like fourth down. He got that one yard, and then it literally just opened up. There was no one near him.
1: Wow, so that's the Chiefs-Raiders. That, that's a game that's going to be really It's really important for both of them, for them to even have any hopes. Uh, So that's interesting. I like the Chiefs. We both. I think we all like the Chiefs in this one. So, jo- JB. Joe, I keep getting stuck between Joe and JB. Uh, JB's cool. I
0: mean, most people call me JB just so I don't have to worry about it. I like JB better, but I don't know why I keep it.
1: getting stuck I, on I, Joe.
0: It's a trendy thing.
1: JB. Take us to our next so pick.
0: We got uh, 49ers at Texans. Houston is minus three over under set of 43. So again, nothing really you know sticking out over under wise. A uh, couple things to note. You know we got the jump, uh, the Jimmy G show going on in, uh, in San Francisco. Shout didn't out. Look too bad last week. You know they didn't put up a tremendous amount of points, but I will note. DraftKings is a bonus for guys that throw three hundred yards, so you are looking for guys that do have that volume. I think he ended with like two ninety-five, so he was really close. He got into the Bears' territory, I think four or five times, so the opportunity was there. You know, if he sticks one in the end zone, gets five more yards, we're looking at a much more respectable fantasy game. He is cheap. I believe he's fifty-five hundred. The Houston's defense is nothing compared to what it used to be. Think about all the injuries that they have. You know, J.J. Watt gone, Brian Cushing suspended, Uh, Whitney Merciless. He's gone. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, I think, has uh, been banged up this week with injury. So, I mean, all the good players that you would think about, I just listed as out. So, Texans defense, uh, don't believe it's that good. Uh, they've had some, you know, under-quality teams the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I like Jimmy G. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Landon Belichick, I like him this week.
2: I love Jimmy G. I mean, personally, I don't like having these big price quarterbacks. At the end of the day, if you don't get 300 yards, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. So, I like the low price guys, a little bit of talent guys. If you're going to pick a quarterback – Pick a receiver. Marquise Goodwin at 5,100. Eight targets last week. Um, he's a speed guy. Jimmy Aired out. I really like a Goodwin and Grapplo.
0: You know, Jimmy did it look like to have – he had a uh, good rapport with Goodwin last week. Like I said, if I run these, you know, correlation plays, if I'm, if I'm thinking Jimmy G is going to have that 300 yards and a touchdown then I want, the wide receiver that he's thrown to most, which would be Goodwin. I believe he had eight catches for 99 yards last week. So another thing, a bonus you get for 100 rushing and receiving yards. All these bonuses are worth three points, by the way. So think about that. He gets that one more yard. He gets three more extra points. Wow. So I think he's on the uh, bad side of variance there. Uh, I do like him, like I said, with Jimmy, especially if John Joseph's not going to be there. Uh, Carlos Hyde was a guy that was getting a bunch of targets the past, you know, five games. I think that was more of a of a beat heart thing where he wasn't pressing the ball downfield. So kind of like the dump off effect, like we talked about with McCoy. So I probably won't be on him this week, especially with that guy Breda coming in and stealing some carries from him on the Houston side. Uh, obviously, you know, Deandre Hopkins is the guy. This guy just sees basically every other pass attempt that Savage throws. I don't think Savage is good. You know, and I don't think he's a 21 Savage by any means, uh, but I do think Deandre is a stud. You know, uh, he is priced up at 8,500 this week. He was 7,300 last week, went up to 85 so I don't think people will be on him. He is, I you know, arguably one of the top three receivers in the league, so I definitely like him this week, and I definitely think you can get a good uh, ownership percentage on him too.
1: That was way too casual of a 21 Savage re- reference right there.
0: You just did it so,
1: like, clean. It's like you didn't even say it.
2: I got the ultimate white <laughs> um, comment.
0: Is it Miller time?
2: Is it always Miller time? I don't
0: know. I don't know if it's Miller time this week. You know, Lamar Miller. We talk about a guy who does get a lot of touches, a lot of carries. Uh, he will, uh, even though they brought in I think Andre Ellington. They still got Alfred Blue coming out of the backfield. You know, I forget uh, he exists. Yeah, yeah I know That's he only crazy. gets like two, three touches a game. So Lamar Miller is locked in. They are favorites. So if you do think from, because you know, as a fantasy player, you do got to think about who's going to win the game and how that affects the game. Jimmy G, baby, <laughs> I'm all in. So you know, if Houston. If Houston's going to win this game and you think that, then you want Lamar Miller because obviously he's going to get a couple more carries than usual. And, you know, he could pay off that price. believe he's right below 6 k so, you know, uh, not bad in the mid-value range. I got
1: a question about Jimmy G. Real, real quick, I think you mentioned his price before, but what other quarterbacks are in his range?
0: Well, I mean, so to think right off the top of my head, Nick Hundley, that that, that guy that I talked about that I love so much, is 5700 He's 200 more. Than Jimmy G, uh, Jameis Winston Lock him is up. more than hats. Lock um, him I mean, up. You look at guys around that range. You know, a guy we'll talk about later, Dak Prescott, Jacoby Brissett. Andy Dalton in this price range. So, you know, Jimmy G, like we said, learned on the of check. I, 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 I take accountability into that. I think that that means something. And against a bad defense in his second game, you know, maybe he's a little more comfortable and, you know, puts up a nice fancy outing this week, hopefully, for us.
1: I, I guess it's really tough to tell here, but do, do you imagine someone like Jimmy G being trendy or do you imagine him being I, under the radar? You know,
0: I, I think that he could pick up some, some – uh, some, you know, like you said, some trendiness come Sunday, just with so many quarterbacks to choose from, you know, especially in that mid-tier range, like we mentioned some guys I like, like uh, the Winstons of the world or uh, the Prescotts, or, you know... I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm watching the, uh, the Orleans <laughs> yeah. Atlanta game. It's so all cool. good. We're, we're recording distracted. this on uh, you know on Andy Thursday Dalton, night. all these guys in this range. You know, I think they'll pick up some ownership. So I don't think you have to worry about Jimmy G being too owned. Uh, I think he'll be okay. Probably maybe in that like 10% range. Uh, I don't want to give you an exact number on that because obviously I'm not sure. I don't know what other people are going to do, but I don't think you have to worry about his ownership too much.
1: Well, that's good stuff. No, and, and no worries, man. That happens all the time. We, we record these podcasts at night. Is what we do. It's it's bit, the way we can get them out early in the morning, so people on their morning commute, however they want to listen, they can listen. And we happen to be. Recording during the Saints Falcons game right now.
2: And me and JB split a team We have Saints defense, so I want that to go back to the house. But oh, yeah. Saints oh, picked yeah. up.
0: I, I, I will note that if you hear me start screaming, it probably means that Michael Thomas had a big play because I have him on a couple of uh, fantasy teams in the playoffs this week. But uh, we'll move on. I don't want to talk about the game going on currently <laughs> because we can't roster that one in fantasy, so that's not going to help us too much. Well, uh, you
2: could talk about the, quickly the Monday, Thursday, Sleep. How do you touch about that. Uh, you know
0: that that's a, that's a fun thing to do. You know I'll try to cu- touch up on that like two minutes after the show's over. But you know as as a casual guy who just likes to sit on his couch and watch you know the game on a Sunday Monday night. You know it's a good way to get you know your five bucks worth that, that can turn into like a hundred K. You know they they run these whoa. big tournaments whoa. on DraftKings, so we can turn a couple bucks you know into. Wait, you, know, you, you said hundred
1: and I thought you were gonna stop and you're a hundred was like whoa. Yeah.
0: No, there there, there are some oh, some some big tournaments out there from time to time. You know All not right. not always we not always those hundred grand first prizes, but. They're always consistently now, wait, 50 grand, 25k prize pool.
1: Do you need? Do you really need, like? Can you actually just win that with one line? I mean, I know it's possible. Uh, it, but, it, like, it, does, it sure does it happen? It for sure is possible.
0: Happen? uh You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and brag on the site because I'm not that good of a fancy player. But my one win was on a single entry that just happened to have, you know, as I call them, the stones. It your was, bi- it your was big the, win. It, it was it was the right set of people, Woo! so that, that was my big win. Is this
2: the baseball one. Uh, this
0: was the baseball one. Yes.
2: We're talking about off-air, but he's like a double away from like a lot more
0: money. Whoa, that's pretty cool. And uh, For another time, for another time. I think we got to keep this thing moving. That is a good story for another time, though. So, uh, JB, take us to our next game. Okay, so next game, very interesting game, and actually a game that I'm sure most people are going to want to watch, Seahawks at Jaguars. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Jaguars minus three in this game. I was not expecting them to be a favorite. Pretty low over under at 40. Uh, this is one of those games where I'm not sure what to think. Uh, you know Jacksonville has been talked up as this big defense. They've been crushing it all season. Seems like they got a defensive touchdown every week. But this is going to be one of their first true challenges. You know Russell Wilson has been lighting the world on fire this season. Wizard. Wizard. I mean they cannot run the ball. So the running that they do is literally with Russell Wilson's legs. He's throwing the ball a ton. He's running the ball a ton. He pretty much accounts for 90 percent of their offense. Uh, one guy that I will touch up on running back wise. That that running back uh, backfield is so clustered. But that guy Davis seems like he's coming out as the clear. Year, best running back, both out of the backfield and carrying the ball. He's 3,700, so as a guy that you want to bounce off of compared to maybe a guy that's chalky like Gio Bernard, so if you're the type of guy who doesn't like to be like everybody else, you don't want to have that guy that you know people are going to have. Maybe you could look at Mike Davis, you know, it's a tough matchup against the Jacksonville D, but uh, a guy that I do want to touch up on, you know, I'm a little a biased this guy because I'm on a bunch of my fancy teams, but uh, Doug Baldwin is down at 5,400 this week. Uh, he's usually up in the 7,000 range, so huge price drop because he's playing a good defense uh, facing up against, arguably the best pass defense in the league, you know, Jalen Ramsey and company against him. Uh, But the reason I bring him up, Doug Baldwin runs a lot of his routes in the slot, so he'll be avoiding those corners on the outside. And, I mean, they're going to score points, they're going to get yards, and it's got to come from somewhere. So, I definitely like Baldwin and maybe even a little Jimmy Graham action over the middle of the field this week uh, for the the Seahawks.
1: I like Jimmy Graham as well. I don't know what his price is like, but is Russell Wilson one of the most expensive quarterbacks?
0: Uh, He is up there. I believe he's the second most expensive quarterback behind, I want to say, Carson Wentz this week. Uh, Carson Wentz, definitely not a bad play. But actually, no, uh, he's down a little bit this week, actually. Wilson's uh, Russell down. Wilson. Yeah, he's at 6,200. I was way off on that. He's 1-2-3. Wait. 6-7-8 uh, 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 quarterback. Explain this. There. How can this happen? I think it's crazy Why? how
2: Wentz is the um, one quarterback. He's going to the Rams and Rams. I went to a bunch of Rams. I'm afraid of the Rams this week. For him to be number one over like, Rivers versus the... Um, the Redskins are goth. Like, I don't know. It's weird.
0: You know, and, and what happens, well, uh, it's not people that price these people. You know, like we talked about with algorithms before, DraftKings has these algorithms that incorporate how good a defense is against the run or the pass or the quarterback. And, it, and because the Jacksonville is so good at home, they projected all these guys like Wilson and Baldwin so well. Where, I mean, think about that 6,200. That means we need Russell Wilson to get us, you know, 18 fantasy points to have a good game. And if I go look at Russell Wilson's log, I don't even remember the last time he had under 20. I go look about 24, 24, 32, 19.4, so I'll count that as 20, 25, 30, 29, 12 couple of weeks ago, but then 29, 36. You know, he just he's he always... At, yeah, because he has the ball so much, he's always, always getting fancy points. You know, like I said, I don't think that the Seahawks, uh, that the uh, Jacksonville D is one to be picked on, but at 6,200, if you told me you wanted to take him this week because you liked them, I wouldn't mind it at all. Wouldn't mind them running back with, you know, the likes of a Doug Baldwin or Jimmy Graham. I think they'll be low-owned. They'll be less chalky because of how good Jacksonville is. So just something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mentioned way earlier, I think in like the first game we were talking about, do prices sometimes throw you off and just how a spread from Vegas can throw me off. When I see that price from Russell Wilson now, I almost get turned o- turned away. Like, I almost get more hesitant to take him than if he was worth what I thought he was and, worth.
0: And that's the thing. Like you look at that, and and I didn't even know he was that far down. They are begging you to take guys like Baldwin and Russell Wilson, and you know that's the risk you take. Do you have the uh, consensual cojones to take these guys and you know hope that they pan out? Because if they do, if they're at five percent, you got Doug Baldwin getting you twenty fantasy points, got a huge edge up on the field, especially since fifty four hundred. That is such a good price on such a talented wide receiver.
1: And then if you take them and they do crap, Vegas and, goes. Uh, you just I got. I told God. you so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just got God. That's right. Uh, on the Jacksonville side of the ball, uh, I'm not a 4 guy. Uh, I'm sorry. I never have been. I think he was a talented guy at LSU. Gets 20 carries a game. Uh, I just I respect the Seahawks D enough where if I'm going to attack them, it's going to be through the air, not really on the ground. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, a guy that's pretty cheap this week, 4,200. Don't mind him at all. Again, a bunch of targets. Uh, so definitely don't mind, Tim. Hopefully he gets a big play. I will note that Sherman and Chancellor are both out for the Seahawks, so those big names, the Legion of Boom that you've been thinking about, uh, you know, at your kitchen table for the past couple of years, not there. Uh, not going to say that Blake Bortles is, you know, an elite quarterback. I think that they've had a really soft schedule as of recently, so I won't be rostering a guy like him. But, I mean, if you were stuck with one position left and you wanted to take a guy like maybe Mark Easley or a guy like, uh, like I said, D.D. Westbrook, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it.
2: Quickly, what do you think about what's your theory on defenses in general? Because it is a category. Now, I like, to, I like to pick it like one of the first ones because when you go on DraftKings, like average player value, I go back right to defense, we get the average a little up. So, what do you think about defense in general? And this weekend.
0: As well. so on most weeks uh, defense is going to be the last position that I fill in you know I, I always try to look for the good cheap guys first because you know it, it's not hard to get it's not easy to get those guys that are getting 20 touches 15 touches at 4,000 3,000 which is why a guy like Gio Bernard you know maybe I'm going to eat the chalk this week I think and you know it might not pay off for me but I mean you look at the math behind it you know the guy's 3,100 projected to get 15 touches you would think and I'm hoping that relates to at least 10 fantasy points so we'll see what happens but again, Again, it's the opportunity cost, how they're gonna get more touches than they're projected to be. So I mean that's something to look out for and just to kind of keep in mind as you go.
1: That is interesting. So, real quick, uh, last thing on the Seahawks game or the Seahawks Jaguars game, because you know the Jaguars are favorite. Minus three, right, like crazy. you said.
0: I, 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 for I'm, funsies, who do you like? I'm just gonna say I'm I'm gonna have to take the points here and how go with the Seahawks. I, I just you think they're a better not? team. You know, they they played they beat the Eagles, they beat the Falcons, they, they they've been playing quality teams and winning. I just I really like them this week. Man, Goals, Ve- Vegas. Seattle.
1: Yeah, Vegas is gonna rub this all all over my face on Sunday when I bet the Seahawks. You know, we already got
0: somebody in the background of this podcast shaking his head at us saying that. He says Jags big. We up. I guess why. That's why. Your opinions matter, man. If you think the Jags are winning big, then I wouldn't be taking Russell Wilson or Baldwin, would I?
2: I think Russell Wilson might win MVP. I think the Eagles lose about 13-3 and Tom Brady gets that LeBron treatment, I think you see Russell Wilson, which is his his production, and 82% of the yards are through him. Like, he's, like, incredible. And, and like,
1: all but one touchdown or something like that? <laughs> uh, it, it's
0: crazy. And, like, I remember earlier on in the year, I drafted him in a couple of weeks, and he was off to, you know, he always gets off to these slow starts. And I was I was questioning myself. I was saying, you're an idiot. Why would you draft Russell Wilson that high? And, man, I mean, he's just been, like I said, he's been lighting it up these, these last seven weeks, and I am so happy. You know, he treated me with a first-round ball in a couple of weeks. So, definitely uh, owe Russell Wilson a bunch of my gratitude.
2: I like Mike Davis, but he's one of those players, like, when, he, when you draft him, he's, like, he had, like, he had, eight eight, uh, carries for, like, 15 yards. Oh, crap, why did I think that would happen? It's one of those players.
0: And, and look at it this way from a perspective. So I just told you that Mike Davis is 3,700 against arguably the best defense in the league on the road as an underdog. Why are we going to take him when $600 less, we have a home favorite in Gio Bernard, a guy that we actually think is a talented player. So, I mean, Gio especially coming back. So, I and, who and, you and like, this JB. is a good thing to think about. Uh, there's a difference between obviously tournament games and cash games on DraftKings. You know, cash games are like head to heads, 50 50s, where literally half of the field wins. So, obviously, your chances of winning are better because more people are getting paid out. But in those 50 50s, you know, let's say there's 20 people and you, you uh, ent- enter $5. You know, 10 people are winning double their money, 10 bucks. So, in a game like a double up, where, you know, most of the people are going to be trying to take those guaranteed points, you're going to want to take a guy like Gio Bernard that you know is getting that volume at that cheap of a price so that you can pay up elsewhere for all these you know top price guys that we like this week.
1: Real quick, um, before we go to the next game, real, real quick, when can you continue to change your lineup? Right until game uh, start. Oh, yeah,
0: you have. Right up until lock, as soon as 1 o'clock. Believe it or not, though, you can, uh, this isn't for NBA, for NFL, this is, though. Uh, you Some some, some slates you could actually switch the guys that don't start. So I like, could say the 1 o'clock game start, those guys you can't obviously switch out because they're playing already, but the 4 o'clock. Games, you can switch those guys out. So For maybe, other four o'clock games. maybe you hear some injury news, or maybe you fe- think about a play that might be better than originally. Maybe you get a chance to swap it out.
2: Or maybe your one o'clock game's is going so well that you're taking a risk at a four o'clock game. Like, oh, let me get the guarantee points now. Let me, like, let me, if your risky guy pays off at one o'clock, why take a risk again at four o'clock? That's right. a good point.
0: Great point, Phil. Great point.
1: Um, so Gio Bernard, you got to keep an eye on Joe Mixon's house. Uh,
0: I mean, I- I'm talking him up so much that he's due to like roll his ankle the first play of the game or, or get like five fantasy points, but you know, just. That's where, that's where that's where the price and the numbers are leading this week, so we'll that, see how it plays out.
1: That's what it is. We've got to see how it plays out. Joe,
0: what's our next game? Oh, man. Uh, so next game, you know, the hometown Jets are uh, at the Denver Broncos. I was surprised to see that the Jets were actually minus one in this game. Uh, I don't know why. I'll talk about why in a second. There's a kind of common misconception, even with me, even after looking at all the stats this week. Uh, so Jets are minus one. Over-unders 41. You know, it's a weird game. It's at, it's at Denver. You know, a lot of teams have trouble traveling to the altitude. Uh, one thing to note, though. Uh, Josh McCown, one of the top fantasy quarterbacks in the league since like week five, has been playing well. Uh, he's got Robbie Anderson, Curse out there putting up big points for him. Uh, Austin Severian Jenkins uh, has, well, I think, like four touchdowns called back this year say, on, on some crazy some challenges away, or but. some penalties. So I think his price definitely should be a little bit higher based on him not having those touchdowns that he literally caught. Uh, the thing that I'm worried about, it's funny that Denver has all these big names. You know, you think of to lead Chris Harris, uh, Vaughn Miller. They have one of the worst pass defenses in the league this season. Are They're giving up among the most points. I, I don't want to quote this, but I think they've lost eight games in a row or something like that, something pretty ridiculous. Well, they're 3-9, I mean, so I'll, it sounds right to I'll, me. I'll put it to you this way. When you're rolling out Brock Osweiler, Semyon, and Paxton in the same month, you got problems. There's really no other way of putting that. Their backfield shot. They got Booker, C.J. Anderson. They don't know who's the better running back there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and D.T. are always seemingly banged up. I, I, I don't even know who their tight end is because he never plays that much. Obviously, it's Virgil Green, but that's the point. You know, we right. don't even know who these tight ends are.
2: Damn. P. Who would you bet? Who's quarterback for the Broncos next year? Someone in college? Kirk Cousins or Andrew Luck? Definitely not Andrew Luck. Might get a chance.
1: It's a chance, but I don't think I don't think so. Um or Eli Manning? Oh. We'll
2: uh, I am gonna
1: later. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, I think her Kirk Cousins. I like that. I like the Kirk Cousins. But we gotta keep this thing moving because we just hit an hour on this
2: podcast. Oh. Hopefully Wait. you guys have been enjoying. But what game do we got next? We'll go back to the keep it in New York, the Giants.
0: So just one thing to touch up on real quick before we leave the the Jets Broncos game. I did want to note how, like I said, the Broncos, is the misconception is their defense is really, really good. It's been awful this season. Uh, statistically, the Jets are probably one of the best teams to play this week. Uh, the thing I worry about is the pressure. Uh, the Jets give up a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, you got names like, you know, Von Miller, uh, Ray, that can rush the quarterback and get some sacks. So if that were to go wrong, that may be the reason. I'm not going to tell you that I'm jumping to take these Jets, wide receivers, and, uh, and McCown this week. But, you know, I wouldn't be upset with myself if I landed on a Robbie Anderson or a Curse or a Savarian Jenkins this week
2: the one player that's hot right now is Robbie Anderson he's scored like five straight games Robbie Anderson something like that so well,
0: I actually just got news from our uh, our, we'll call him our producer in the back uh, apparently Robbie Anderson uh, has had some hamstring tightness uh, in practice today oh, a little Lord. questionable so you know that'll change things a bit but do remember that regardless if he plays or not you still got to keep to leaving Chris Harris two very talented cornerbacks you know going off against them
1: is that the same producer who may or may have not just cracked a beard that got picked up by the mic uh,
0: yeah absolutely so it just shows what kind of a show we're running around it's doing same
2: producer shout out lights we got a baby last week. So he gets guys he's nine off tonight he's having a beer, okay. He
1: deserves 3 at least, maybe 7. <laughs> His wife did
2: all the work, all right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to keep it moving here guys. I'm sorry that I'm uh, I'm going on and on talking about all these games just having a little too much fun, uh but I'll try to, you know, uh cut cut uh just focus on the fancy goodness for the next couple games. So next one coming up which we can go through quick, Tennessee Titans at Arizona Cardinals. Tennessee's -3 favorite on the road over under set at 44. Uh, I don't really know what to say here about Tennessee. You know, Mariota just isn't the player that I thought he would turn out to be. Uh, You have Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray splitting carries. They don't even know who they like back there. So it's really hard to take one of them, especially when you're, you know, a guy that doesn't play that much and you're banking on watching these guys. You're going to get a little frustrated if you take – uh, Henry and you see, uh, DeMarco Murray on the field the whole entire time. So it's kind of hard, you know, oh, Ben Simmons, triple, double, geez, good for him. And I'm playing him this week. Thanks Phil. Uh, so getting me off topic too. <laughs> but, uh, so on the Tennessee side, you know, I'm definitely not going to side with the running backs. Uh, one of those wide receivers is getting Patrick Patterson, you know, probably the best cornerback in the league. I think Matthews, will be back this league, might get him. Corey Davis been disappointing uh, this week, uh, well, in season in general. Uh, big draft pick. People thought that he was going to have a good year. Just hasn't gotten the separation and, you know, the catches that we were expecting. Uh, if there was one guy I was going to play in the Titans, I think it would be Delaney Walker. That's if he plays. He's questionable this week. But uh, Marriott had a perfect passer rating when throwing to him last week. So there is some... Uh, Rapport there. I love Delaney if he plays, but we'll see. On the other side of the Cardinals, uh, the one guy that you can play there is Larry Fitzgerald. This guy's a target monster every week. Uh, The one bad game he had was against Jacksonville, and that's because they're an elite defense. Had 10 catches last week. Uh, Tennessee is not a good pass defense. Larry Fitzgerald does run a lot of his routes in the slot. Uh, Tennessee is not that good against the slot, so I like a lot of like a lot of like a lot of Larry Fitzgerald here, especially since we don't even know if Peterson or that run game can do anything. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that I'm running to play Blaine Gabbert, but if you fell on him at under five thousand and you had Fitzgerald on your team, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, one last guy I'll mention in this, a guy that, uh, you know, it's one of those uh, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis names. Uh, we got Ricky Seals-Jones. Oh, I'm hearing that uh, name. Yeah, I'm I don't know. That. Ever since Blaine Gabbert came to this team, and he's been getting targets, getting touchdowns, really cheap. Uh, I wouldn't bank on a 10-point adding out of Ricky Seals-Jones, but, I mean, if you're looking to just save some money you want to play some elite wide receivers and running backs, that may be a place to look at the tight end position.
1: That's not bad. I've been hearing his name popping around. That's pretty interesting. I,
0: I, I don't know much too much about him. I know he's an athletic tight end that people expect some big things out of. So, I mean, keep an eye out. Look out on him for the rest of the season. So
2: do we have three games left, correct? We have the – we're with New York, Dallas, and the Giants. Okay, Eli's so return.
0: I know. I'm sure a bunch of our New York fans have been looking to hear about this, the return of Eli, why he left in the first place. Like I said, I don't even want to mention the coach's name on the podcast, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, Dallas is minus four and a half in this game. Uh, it's at uh, the Meadowlands. Like I said, Eli is returning. Uh, some news here obviously we talked about Sterling, Sterling Shepard being questionable if he plays I love him uh, Eli literally you, you can notice he just loves to throw the ball to just Shepard and Ingram that's where all the targets go so if you tell me that Shepard's going to play and get 10 targets at 5300 that's definitely a place I'm going to look to pay uh, to pay for this week I think that you know the targets compared to the price just like with Josh Gordon literally in the same price area I think that that might be a little too good to pass up on uh, Dallas Cowboys you know cornerbacks are nothing to brag home about uh, the only thing I would worry about there is can the Giants you know pass protect for Eli to get those passes off.
1: Can the Giants even have enough possession time uh, to get first that's downs? That's another <laughs> thing.
0: You know, uh, the Dallas you know, offensive line looks really bad for a majority of the season. You know, I think Ezekiel Elliott really hid some of those flaws, and they kind of show in the middle of the season when they went on that losing streak. But, man, they looked great uh, the past couple weeks. Alfred Morris has been getting a ton of touches, so he might be something to look out for because the Giants aren't that good against the run. Uh, the thing with him on a site like DraftKings, you know, you might want to play him on a site like FanDuel where you don't have to worry about uh, the PPR because Alfred Morris isn't going to catch passes. So, you know, on a site like DraftKings, it's hard to take him knowing you're only getting those carries. For when there's well.
1: other comparable running backs who are also going exactly, to get those exactly. couple and catches. Exactly,
0: that, and that's a big thing on DraftKings is to get those, like those McCaffreys of the world where maybe they don't do that good yards-wise, but they're still racking up those five catches to save your fantasy days regardless of what you pay for them.
1: Would you ever consider playing Eli Manning? Because oh, man. you know you know New York fans, specifically Giants fans, uh, uh, whether they like it or not. They're going to uh, look uh, at uh, him. I'm
0: going to lose all credibility when I say this, but at the same price range I like it the Sean Kaiser over an Eli Manning this week. Uh, you look at Eli Manning's stats. You don't lose first credibility until the first results all, happen. Yes, I guess so. Uh, Eli Manning, that guy is not going to leave the pocket and run for more than 10 yards in a game. Rushing upside is limited. Uh, it's a division game. I really, I'm really, not going to say I love this game in general. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring, especially with both teams probably looking to you know control the tempo, control the clock. Might snow on Saturday? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. And I, I know the talk's going to be on the field. We we're actually talking about uh, one of the local flag football tournaments going on that our uh, our fireman Mike was supposed to play in. is uh canceled. good thing for him because he probably would have got washed anyway. So. <laughs> you <laughs> That's but, uh, fireman producer uh, Mike. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Fireman producer Mike, Dad Mike. I he's, he's making th- this podcast a little too many times tonight. <laughs> uh, but, you know, on the other side with the Giants, I don't mind Evan Ingram, especially if Sterling Shepard is to miss. That just means more targets for Eli. But to go back to the Eli thing, I don't think I can bring up a time, and I'm going to bring him up right now. I don't think he's thrown for over 300 yards once the season. I don't think he's done it a bunch last season either. And the Giants so, haven't mean, scored 30 points I, in I like know. 25 exactly. Years. And they can't run. They're one dimensional. Uh, he doesn't score a ton of fantasy points. And we want that bonus. For those three hundred yards, and we're not going to get it from Eli, so I'd rather attack the guys that I know he's going to throw to, like Ingram and Shepard. That's where I would go this week.
1: I like that. That's a very interesting point. And has Ingram's price really skyrocketed uh, over he, the couple he, weeks?
0: He's been sitting around. He was uh, he was really cheap earlier on in the season, but he's around the six thousand range now. He was a little bit above that earlier, uh, but you know you're getting targets out of him every week. He's in that eight, you know, to ten to seven target range so that's good uh, on the other side of the ball though obviously I just told you I like from the Giants uh, from the Cowboys side I don't know if I'll pull the trigger on Alfred Morris I think that Dak Prescott is really intriguing at 5600 he's 1500 hours less than he was a couple weeks ago we have that you know running upside that we talked about getting those rushing touchdowns I don't know if I'll go there I have a little more respect for the Giants defense than most I think they're playing for pride at this point and like I said the division game is tough Des Bryant's cheap, too, 5900 You don't see usually a star player like that cheap. Uh, I don't have a stat. Uh, he's star, I, uh, I, I don't have a stat to back this up, but I'm pretty sure Janoris Jenkins gives him problems when they play. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to go there this week. Giants are really bad against the tight end, too, but, I mean, Jason Winton's a little too old to be hoping for a 20-point fantasy game from this week.
1: All right, we'll keep this thing moving. We got, what, Redskins and Chargers next? Chargers minus six? What do you like there?
0: that's right. You know, Vegas gives Chargers a lot of respect. I mean, if you go back and look at their record, I believe they're – uh, seven and six now, or six and six, or six something six. like that. Yeah, and I mean, how many games did they lose by a field goal in the beginning of the year because their kickers were awful? Uh, I saw this. I thought this was a, a cool tweet. What happens if Justin Tucker is the uh, the kicker for the Chargers? You know, you look at their record; it's going to be much different. They gonna be six and six. There's about three games on the they lost by three points or less because their kicker missed a field goal towards the end of the game. So then they're a pretty good team. They got a top pass rush in the league. They got Bosa and all the fellas. Ingram there. Uh, Casey Hayward, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, when I mentioned Josh Gordon, one of the top cornerbacks in the league. So they have a a top pass defense, a top rush defense. Well, rushing the quarterback, I should say. The one place they do give up points is through the ground. They have uh, one of the worst yards per carry allowed in the league. I don't mind Samaj P. but I mean, if they're going to be losing this week, it's going to be hard to guarantee you carries when they're looking to, you know, gain points back through the air.
2: Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready, baby. They're going to walk through the Super Bowl, but Chargers are the only team that compete with the Patriots in the playoffs.
1: So you're so better you're, than the Steelers. Okay. Okay, I mean, you know what? They think about it. Think about it. The about it. It. they got both. I was going to say. They've the experienced quarterback. They've the a good the running Patriots game. Fits. they got
2: Keenan Allen. I think they're the only team who can compete. I, don't think, I mean, they just got shellacked when they went to New England a couple of weeks ago. But I think they're the only team that i compete with New England.
0: And I, I feel awfully disrespectful not starting off by mentioning Keenan Allen. I mean, this guy has just been going straight ham since Thanksgiving. I mean, you heard me rent, uh, talk about the term the stones. I mean, if you weren't rostering this guy in your team the past couple of weeks, you are just not winning money, my friend. I mean, he's got 29, 22, 30-point uh, outing on Thanksgiving when, Ooh. you know, I mean, he was just, I have him on two fantasy teams, so I think I said that before, but I, I love this guy. Uh, he's got a good matchup. You know, it is tough that he's going to be against Norman sometimes. But the thing about Josh Norman is he only stays on one side of the field. Keenan Allen's another guy, like I mentioned, that he will line up in the slot from time to time. So we could get him off those guys like Breland and Norman. And, you know, Rivers just loves this guy. I mean, look at this guy's targets the past week. 14, 14, 13. That's unheard of. I mean, that's of. unheard of. So, you I mean, you're paying a premium on the 8300 He is expensive. But, I mean, if I'm paying up for a guy that price, you know, I don't I don't mind paying down for running backs this week. We talked about the Gio Bernards of the world that are pretty cheap and all these guys that – are cheap getting touches. I mean, look at the quarterbacks we mentioned that we like. Jimmy G, pretty cheap. Kaiser, pretty cheap. Uh, everybody in that range, you can, you can afford these guys that we think are going to have a bunch of targets. And like so I wait, said, targets lead the points.
1: Let's let's do this because we, we're we getting a little bit on the longer side here. So let's go through this last game. And then after we finish, Eagles-Rams. Oh, we have uh, – no, that's the last one, right? Eagles and Rams. And then let's do a little breakdown of your direction of where
2: you're going to look to spend, where you're going to look to save, and then we'll call it a day. One more player from that game, Hunter Henry, a little sneaky pick. Uh, 15 points and 18 points the last two weeks. So okay, he's been looking to, uh, touchdown I, reliant, or he's I been getting yards. He's been yards, targets, and some obviously to, uh, in the red zone. He's the guy,
0: and I think we can correlate that to Old Man Gates. You know, just you know, riddling down at the end of the season. That guy's been killing a few years, but I think think it's it's Hunter Henry's time to shine. What, what's Antonio Gates like? 48? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, maybe a little bit older than that. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I was time, being, I was being nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, on to the last game. Augury will be the best game. Uh, we always call this one the late-night hammer because you want to have a guy in this game because if you finish your your uh, all your fancy guys are done and you're watching this game, just a crew points, you're going to be feeling pretty bad when you're watching yourself drop from the standings. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to take players from this game, but it does have the highest over-under on the slate. Uh, Los Angeles Rams are two-and-a-half-point two favorites over the Eagles. They are home. Uh, I don't know what to think of this game. Honestly, it's two great teams, another playoff matchup. The Eagles haven't looked particularly good. I think we could attribute that to their strength of schedule. Uh, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I think they're a good team. I think they're a playoff team, obviously. But the Rams, you know, they've played some tough teams. They beat some good teams. Uh, I don't know what to think of this game. I love Todd Gurley. You know, just at that price, you know, you're getting 20 carries, five catches, and that's just going to lead to points uh i'm not really in love with anybody in the passing game i think jared goff's a good quarterback i really do i'm just i'm not in love maybe cooper cup if we uh we know for sure that uh robert woods is out this i was week. gonna say
1: it was any, uh, no word on robert woods yet and yeah. he, he's a tough guy because he has been so uh, he, good he had a
0: couple weeks in a row way he was Big killing plays
1: it. consistent catches and targets but he's been out cooper cup's been solid but todd Gurley, can you say he's been the best running back in fantasy
0: I think he, every week in and out, he you can depend on him to get the most touches. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're watching a guy, like Kamara. I mean, that guy gets ten touches, but turns it into one hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. It's who just like, is out with the of. concussion, as we, we speak. I, by I, the way, is, that? Is correct. You know, so that's something to look out. I'm sorry if we uh dropped the news on you, fantasy people, but I'm sure you probably would have found out in the morning that Kamara got you know less points than expected tonight.
2: So we play Draft. Um, draft is the fantasy app, daily fantasy app. We do a snake draft every day. So your first pick, JB, who picking Bell or Gurley?
0: I have to take Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that guy just gets so many touches. I mean, it's crazy that the best two guys in the league are probably on the same team in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown just because you know the ball is going to them, but you can't stop it anyway. It's crazy to me how these guys week in and week out put up 20-something fancy points in it, literally. And you would think if one guy's doing good, it must hurt the other guy, right? Because if Le'Veon's on the ball well, they are obviously not throwing as much. But
1: It's going to sound weird, but they have two of the best position players, and their quarterback, Probably drops into like the seven spot. Like he's not top five. Even uh, in fantasy. Yeah. I
0: mean, and he, he, two Super Bowls, and you know, yeah,
1: I mean, he uh, to, to, in fantasy wise, Big Ben ain't nothing uh, to write home. Early about. in the
0: year, people were talking about him retiring. He, he, he. They were saying he was washed up. He had a bad game. You know, the media was questioning him. He was real upset about it. Man, he turned it around. They're the best team, one of the best teams in the AFC for sure.
2: Breaking news: Michael Thomas one yard
0: touchdown. Let's. I don't want to curse, but let's go. Let it it rock. Let it rock. I can't do it, baby. That's a huge touchdown for the kid. Got him on a couple leagues, uh, especially since I'm playing Ingram in one of those leagues. So that's obviously correlation for me. So let's go, Michael Thomas. Uh, But just to finish up, uh, talking about the Rams side, like I said, the receiver is hard to trust. Goff loves to spread the ball around. Watkins doesn't get too many targets like we would hope him to. Uh, So if I was taking a wide receiver, it would definitely be Cooper Cup on that team. On the Eagles side, uh, Wentz is pretty expensive. I respect the Rams D enough where I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good game because he threw so much. But I'm not looking to go out of my way to target him. We'll talk about where I'm looking to spend up this week. I think I'm looking to spend down at quarterback. Uh, Running backs, a little too... You know, I don't know what to take of that. You know, they traded for a Ajay, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Clement out of the backfield. So there's just so many people there that you really don't want to put your your money, especially if you're a guy that doesn't play fantasy as much. You don't want to risk taking a running back out of a three running back committee. Uh, wide receiver side, I'm not sure what the news is on Ertz. Uh, he, I think he's expected to play, which he'll be a good play. He's a top 10 in the league. He
2: passed uh, concussion protocol today.
0: Okay, so there you go. He'll be a good play. Obviously, I like Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, he's a, always a good wide receiver. He's a little underpriced usually on fantasy just because he just hasn't been getting you know those those premier targets like he used to get when he was on you know the likes of the Bears where you know they just had no choice but to throw him the ball all the time. But good quarterback throwing to him definitely don't mind him this week.
2: Either. One enigma of my I've playoff fantasy: Nelson Aguilar. He could go for 15 points or two
0: points. You, you talk about a volatile guy, and you know he enters the realm with the T.Y. Hiltons of the world. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton probably more talented player than Nelson Algarve. but these guys, because they get you know such yardage downfield on their targets, you know it's either an incomplete pass or a 40, 50 yard gain. You know that 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 changes fantasy weeks right there. Uh, so that that's something to look out for. You always want to. Especially if you're playing, you know, a cash game, like a 50-50 or a head-to-head where you're only playing against half the field or one person. You know, you want to take the guy with the the better floor, as they would say, where you know you're getting the solid 8 to 10 fantasy points as opposed to the risk between 5 and 15, in a sense. Absolutely. That's where you want to take the tournament risk. And, you know, take that guy that you're not sure, but you know what? You want to YOLO it and just say, whatever happens, happens, you know? Do you want to uh, celebrate that Michael Thomas touchdown? Because I got you. Uh-huh. Man,
1: I, I would love to celebrate
0: that Michael Thomas touchdown.
1: You can, you can let it rock. Uh, you sure? I got a button. I just gotta, I
0: just gotta know when you're gonna say it. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? We're, <laughs> we're past the point. I'm already watching Devonta Freeman set free on the screen, so I'm gonna contain my emotions. I want to be back on the podcast sometime soon. So, I mean, you know. we curse on the pod anyway. Uh, I, I think
1: I said shit already. once. Oh,
0: uh, see, I, I'm gonna try to keep my. I, I, I want my curses to be genuine. So now that I've held myself against it, you know, if I really start cursing on the podcast, that means I'm really, really passionate about the take or the thing I'm talking about. So, well, maybe, you
1: know. maybe next time you're talking. I'm just going to throw
0: in one of those right there. <laughs> just right well, in, in there. Right. Maybe. You never know. You never know. You know, all right, I'll tell you what. If Michael Thomas catches another one in these next 11 minutes and uh, 29 seconds of the third quarter, then, yeah, you'll hear me. You'll hear me drop a bomb on, on the mic.
2: Hey, yo, Joe, do you have a lineup filled out already? I
0: actually do not have a filled out. Uh, we did the podcast you know, on Thursday night. Usually my research is done on Friday and Saturdays for the most part. I did do a little bit early just knowing I'd be on the podcast and didn't want to sound like a dork or a dummy in front of you guys listening tomorrow morning or tonight whenever you get this. So I haven't put in a team yet. Uh, honestly, what I'm thinking this week, uh, I think I'm going to play more cash games this week, which means I'm going to play more 50-50s and double because I like guys like Josh Gordon and Gio Bernard so much that I know other people will have them too, and I'm going to trust myself to, to – have better guys around those two compared to the people that I'm playing against. Because I mean, you look at Gio Bernard, thirty one hundred, that's insane. That's like the price of a bad tight end and that's a starting running back in a favorable matchup you know, at home. So I'm going to have trouble straying away from the likes of Gio Bernard this week. Uh, like I said, I like Josh Gordon this week. Sterling Shepard, all salary savers. I'm not sure where I'm going to go on quarterback this week, honestly. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the mid-range. We talked about how I like Jimmy G. Uh, I might roll him out this week. I don't know if I'll play him with Goodwin, too. I might just kind of take the salary savings on him so I can spend up on a guy like Gurley or McCoy. Uh, one thing I will say that I... Um, a lot of sharp people do. A lot of people that I, uh, you know, take advice from in Daily Fantasy and kind of, you know, earn their respect. A lot of them, a uh, site like DraftKings uses a flex, a lot of people like to use three running backs as opposed to that fourth wide receiver, and you may ask why if it's PPR. Well, you know, if you're a running back, you know you're getting those goal line carries, those 18 to 20 carries, and you'll get that, hopefully, a little bit of work out of the backfield. So, if there's a decision between, perhaps, you know, a good wide receiver and a good running back, you know, if the running back's in a good matchup, may want to cater his way. Uh, I don't want to give you any advice on making your lineups. Uh, you know, go with your gut. That, that, that That's the best advice. You know, just because someone isn't talking about the guy you like doesn't mean you shouldn't take you know, that means you'll be different than the rest of the field.
1: Absolutely. And if you're interested in getting a little bit of a push in the right direction, if you don't feel like you know enough after this podcast somehow, you can go to fantasyadvantage.com. That's a website where we interviewed the founder and CEO just last week on the Sports Blog New York podcast. If you didn't listen to that after you just finished this up, go back and check that out. And then check out FantasyAdvantage.com. It can give you good ideas. That's what it's cool for. It's good for ideas. And obviously, so is JB. My man JB has been spitting out great ideas all day. Uh, So to end off this podcast, Joe and Phil, I know you guys are both getting ready to put in your lineup for the week. So just walk walk us through uh, very quickly because we've been pretty long already. But quickly, you know, where you're looking to spend and where you're looking to save this week. Uh,
0: I think how my lineup is looking, where I'm looking, uh, I want to pay up for at least one big running back and one big wide receiver. Uh, I don't know who that is yet. It's going to depend on my builds. I feel like a lot depends on who you want to take a tight end this week. You know, you got the Kelseys of the world at 7000 the Ingrams of the world at 6000 You know, but then you can jump down to some of those salary saves that we talked about, like Njoku, 3000 You know, I don't know if he's the best play, but, you know, Cameron Brate, 4000 That's saving you a bunch of money that you can, you know, go up to these higher-priced wide receivers or higher-priced running backs. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do at the defense position. I mean, it's honestly who gets a defensive touchdown. So I don't want you to read too much into defense. You know, you like a matchup where you think the other team might be throwing the ball as much. I really like the Bengals this week. I'm um, looking up here. I'm surprised that they're not one of their higher uh, projected salaries. They're only 3300 at home against Chicago. The problem is, though, I mean, Jordan Howard, they just love to hand this guy the ball. I don't even care if they lose. They just want to make it respectable. So, um uh, I don't I'm I do not have a particular interest in spending anywhere on uh defense. I would say let your uh let your big wide receivers and big running backs dictate how much money you have left over for those other positions.
2: So I made a quick lineup. I made mean, this before we talked, but a lot of the guys you literally just mentioned, I had Jimmy G, Geo, McCoy, Gordon, Shepard, Dealen, Kelsey. And my flex and defense I have empty. I had good in there. I had
0: my defense pay any defense I want. I had thirty seven hundred left.
2: So I don't I had good win but not my so, so
0: let's, uh, let's let's correlate with the Bengals D. Let's throw the Bengals D, and then we got Geo, and see how much we'd have left for a flex. You know, I, that's looking like a solid cash game team right there. Honestly, I might have to I uh, might have to copy that one, uh, and listeners. Yeah, uh, man. I, if, if I, I don't like copy this team because if you lose your money, I'm gonna feel bad for you. You know, it doesn't always work out in fantasy. So we got 5,500 left for a flex, and you know, I got the likes of my C, my boy. I got Doug Baldwin right there. You know, that might be a guy i want to take a risk on, or we could run it back with Marquise Goodwin. You know, we took Jimmy G. You know, we're talking about the correlation play, so why don't we throw Marquise Goodwin in there? You know. Let's hope that they catch a touchdown this week. You know, I'm liking that team. I think that's a nice floor. One thing I want to end on. Joe, when you have extra money left...
2: What's, like, the minimum? You're okay with you have 500 left? Or should I throw one on a guy? What do you think about that?
0: Very good question, Phil. I get that uh, idea a lot. You know, it's okay to leave a couple hundred bucks on the table. You don't have to spend every single dollar that you're allotted. I would say that once you get into about the $600 range, that's when you should be looking to upgrade maybe your defense, maybe a quarterback, or maybe just a tight end. Uh, but anything in, like, the 400 range or less, you know, it's good to leave that money on the table sometimes because odds are, People aren't gonna have your team if you're leaving that couple hundred bucks on the table, you know. And that's something that you got to think about if you're taking guys like I talked about that are chalky, like Gio Bernard and Josh Gordon. Uh, you gotta you gotta take that into consideration because with your higher own guys, you know, you gotta differentiate elsewhere. And I mean, I'm not you know leaving salad on the table sometimes that helps you. Uh, I think that's more of a of a strategy on the shorter slates where there's only two or three games, like the prime times, where there's a shorter selection of people. Honestly. Uh, oh, and we got Director Mike throwing over his good luck team. So, let's read this off. This is a FanDuel team. Mike's paying up 7,600 for McCown. Wow. Melvin oh Gordon, 8,600. Oh this is Lord. a big thing to talk about, too. So, you guys heard me refer- re- referencing DraftKings a lot. FanDuel, very different. Prices are different. Scoring system is different. But to read through, he's got McCown, Melvin Gordon, Gurley, Curse, Shepherd, Tyreek Hill, a guy we talked about, we didn't get in that lineup. Phil, Jack Doyle, Greg the Legs, and Giant Steve. Not a bad squad, Mike. Not a bad squad. Has a lot of money. Uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill is a lot of money, but definitely a guy that we left off our team. Like, well, like I you said, know
1: what? There's guys who are, are that's right. Can't a take everybody. High salary, right? right? There are guys who take a lot of money, but if they put up the numbers which they are capable of, that's why they're they cost that much. You know what? So sometimes you just got to pick the right guy that's expensive. It, it really comes down to to picking your picking and choosing your battles, and then hopefully getting lucky with the that's right guy.
0: And, and that's the thing that people. will do is they'll try to like enter 10 different teams with all these different guys, but you're doing yourself a disservice that way because now you're rooting for all these different guys over so many teams, and odds are you're not going to have the right mix of teams into one, especially when guys that are having 150 entries compared to your five, they might have the right combo because they have so many of these teams. So that's why I say try to keep it to one team, especially if it's your first time playing. I would say to aim for no more than three, and if you're going to do three, try to get in those three max entries so you literally have the most entries. No one can have more than you. They can only have the same amount as you, so you're at a uh, competitive advantage. Or even better advantage for those people who only answered maybe once or twice.
1: I think I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna try one of those single entries or the three entries. Those go. sound like a nice little even playing ground somewhere you can feel comfortable and confident Thanks. and have some
0: fun. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go that way. Uh, and that, that's the route usually I take. Uh, you know. I, Obviously, I sound like I'm a degenerate because I know much about all these games. I just do a lot of research. No, no, no. Uh, no you're no, no, I not like a degenerate. You like to call it an expert. But even me, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't enter tournaments for... I don't think I've entered an NFL tournament for more than 10 bucks this entire season. I really like to keep it to the single entries, the three max entries... Uh, I don't play enough cash games as I should so that's one thing about tournaments look you're taking a risk and playing tournaments from winning that big prize right that 5k that 10k that that, that, that Bitcoin money as we're gonna call it now oh, yeah, right baby. no crypto so, kitty money yeah right so you got to remember you have to beat you have to beat 80 90 of the field to cash so what I would suggest is if you if you're playing this week you know you do want to get playing those tournaments that you have the opportunity to win that couple thousand dollars but also play some cash games too that way if your team's decent not the best. You're still winning your money back at the very least,
1: and that's not bad. A push is a good one. That's a pu- right. If
0: you don't, if that's you don't right. lose
1: your money, you win. If
0: you're a gambler, you know even money is good money. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, man. I wish I was. I wish I was even right now in uh, the NBA world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like I said, you hit that one parlay, baby. You're back. Uh, that's right.
0: It? That's right, baby. You got it. We got to hit the stones one time, and we're back at it. You know <laughs> that's what I, mean? what
1: I love. All right, man. That's Joe. And Phil, man, JB, you did a great job. You're more Thank than man. welcome. Thank you for having me. Let's do this again. And uh, you know what's cool? We could even do this during the playoffs. No?
0: Oh man, playoff DFS is the best play, the best football there is because there's no fantasy football going on during the season. So we need something to roof for, right? Yeah, that- fantasy baby. That's what I'm saying. And we got you know, daily fantasy. You know what they say up. less games, less research. Hopefully we got some uh, some real, real uh, correlated plays when we get to our playoff fantasy. Right, no,
2: Joe, to end off, give me your one high price guy, one middle tier guy, and one your low. I know your low guy is be Gio Bernard, but Quick up the head, who do you think? Oh
0: man, uh, in the high price range, if I'm paying up for running back, uh, I mean he's the highest running back on the slate but for good reason. Todd Gurley, I think he's got a good matchup there at home. Uh, this guy, like I said, they don't even have a backup running back really. He just gets all the rushes, all the all the receptions. Really like him. If I'm paying up a wide receiver. Uh, I'm having a hard time not pay, taking A.J. Green at 7,300. I mean, talent-wise, he should be where De'Andre Hopkins is at 8,500. So I think you're just getting such a great salary relief on his 7,300. But honestly, oh man, I, I like De'Andre a lot. I think De'Andre's going to have a good game. He was owned last week. I think that not a lot of people will take him because of how expensive he is. But he just gets 15 targets a game. You know he's going to get the ball at all times.
1: Absolutely, so, that's good stuff. You gotta wait. You got anything else?
0: Uh, so you know, on the lower end of the spectrum, I mentioned the Josh Gordons of the world. Uh, I keep staring at uh, Doug Baldwin. I just really like that price of 5,400. A guy that heart. I actually want to talk about, um, Will Fuller might be playing this week. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to tell you that Tom Savage is the best QB in the world, but Will Fuller has the potential catch one pass 70 yards and a touchdown, and that's paying off that salary at four 4,000 right there. He's a little low because of because uh, he's been hurt, so that might be something t- you could look to take advantage of. Uh, but there is a lot of guys in that 5,500 5, that 5,000 range. You got Goodwin, who I think is a decent play. I love Sterling Shepard love Josh Gordon. Uh, and then you go upwards, there's some other good guys there. We talked about the Thelans and the Fitzgeralds of the world. Fitzgerald, 6500 Really good price on him this week.
1: Oh man, that's some really good stuff. This has been the Sports Block New York podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And if you do enjoy, please let us know. It's the first time we've ever done a daily fantasy podcast, so hopefully you guys liked it. And there's no way for us to know if you don't tell us. So yeah. hit us up on Twitter, at Oh, What's your Twitter? You have a uh,
0: yeah, At Bags. Uh, J0E, B-A-G-G-S. My Twitter handle, uh, give me a uh, Give me a follow if you need any questions. Uh, good luck to you guys all this week. Uh, again, go with your gut. That, that's the thing. I don't want you to read uh, these these things online or listen to my podcast and play just my plays or the people's plays that you read about. You know, you want to think about what you think is going to happen in the games and take guys according to that. that. That That's that's the best way to play.
1: That's some good advice, and I'll link up your Twitter in the, in the article to this podcast on sportsblognewyork.com as well. And, of much course, Phil DeMeo in the it. house too. Phil, you got any last
2: words? Great job as always. Um, yeah, go with your gut. Don't overthink it, but you know, play the right guys.
0: Also like to give a happy belated birthday shout out to my man Phil. Uh, to, uh going down the hill.
2: Happy early birthday. His birthday's a week after mine. So hey, I- <laughs> are
1: you guys both hitting the uh, quarter century?
0: Uh I I am I hit, I'm a, I'm below the quarter century. I'm 26 now so now. Uh, you I'm hit officially the I'm officially on the downhill now so. I'm not there yet. You know, hopefully uh, this Sunday brings me uh some birthday luck. Hopefully we uh we get some, we are in some green this week, and you know we're back here, you know, bragging about our plays from tonight.
2: Somebody gotta make some Christmas money. Somebody's oh, got.
0: I gotta bro. pay for these gifts, man. I mean, somebody's it's, gotta tough do out it. Here,
1: somebody's man. gotta do it. Well, anyways, my name is Peter Kennedy.
0: I'm JB. Thank you for having me, fellas. Have a good one.